Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 92. We are back in the basement to talk about another week's worth of wrestling. I'm your host, and with me as always, my co-host, and conveniently enough teenage son, Jack. Say hello. Hi. Wait, how's, how's that convenient? I don't know. It's convenient because <laughs> you live in the same house as me, and we watch wrestling together, and <laughs> I can just drag you down here easily after your breakfast and make you talk about wrestling for a couple hours with me which we plan on doing it is forced yes it is forced yeah absolutely you, the whole time i just I'm... chain you to the little table in this studio for well, a couple I hours you have a sniper somewhere right oh, obviously at, my head. at the high ground yeah, for sure exactly yep um so i think we're gonna make a br- quick change this week right we did not cover nxt uk right. it took a while to get to dynamite so we kind of like threw in rampage we instead. watched rampage last night instead so we'll talk about that in the normal nxt uk spot um I was motivated to watch Rampage because of Cole Ishii, right? Because I love Ishii, so that's really what I was hoping to check I was out. into it for Cargill and Marion uh, Shafir. Uh, so. Obviously, how could you not? Or um, Archer Serpentico was oh, also a, that's what I meant a barn say, burner. Right? What was the other match? Oh, there was... um. There's there was fourth technically match. four matches on there. That there was a third match. Oh, uh, Kingston Garcia. That's there right. we go. So yeah, we'll, we'll be covering that um, as well. But uh, this is banter section, so what do you want to banter about? I don't know. I'm going to the mall tomorrow. I guess you're, oh, you're doing going, stuff. You're going to the mall with your buddies tomorrow? Okay, church group. How, how are you getting there? I think I'm getting picked up. Your church group, you're calling it because you're going to on a Sunday? Yeah. So the mall is your church? Yes. You blasphemous, blasphemous child. Yes. Um. Yeah, and I'm excited because I'm recording this, and then I'm heading out to some of my oldest friends in the world, heading out to their place for a little bit of a get-together, and I'm not taking any children with me, so that could be a fun time. Dare you refer to me as a child. Right? Oh, sorry. Young man, teenager, <laughs> whatever. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I think I got a close to a couple-hour drive, but I haven't seen Foxy and Bax's new place yet, so I'm excited to check that it's out. It's not and... where we were remember, wait, with TakeOver, right? Where was it? Oh, downtown. No, they yeah. moved. They um, Bax sold the place downtown and moved kind of out into the boonies, similar to the Cootses, so... Um, I'm going to be checking out their place and then we're going to go back there in the summer because I think he's got like a basketball court and some cool stuff. So we'll go and a, and a cool dog from what I hear. I haven't met him yet, but so I'm really looking forward to that. Seeing some people I don't see too often, especially when there's a global pandemic for a couple of years, right? So that should be fun. Other than that, you guys are going to have the, you love the house to yourself because your brother has some basketball tryouts, his mm-hmm. summer league starting. What so to do? he made his school basketball team as well. No surprise there, I guess. I don't even know if they have a basketball. They team. did. There, luckily enough, they are running basketball for him. So he got to. He had tryouts this week and made the team. First name on the list, he told me. <laughs> Which go, I mean, they should. Figure. They should go alphabetical, really, so that that situation doesn't happen. But anyways, um, yeah. So I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to banter about? Anything exciting going on in life? Mm-mm. No, your badminton really. season is done. Yeah, it's done. You if did, you can call it a season. You did well. Yeah, there was. Not as many people signing up oh, for school like, sports in our area. Probably made it there by default. Not really. You we beat made some people beat along the way. Two. We beat two low teams and then got a buy because another school didn't have right. any. And then it, when it merged with the southern parts of our region where people take badminton a lot seriously, there was a big uptick in skill level, right? Yeah. But hey, you just keep playing. I'll get you out there. I'll work with you. We'll get yep. you good. But anyways. Yeah, so that's our, our update from our household, I guess, which may or may not be interesting to anybody. Because um, I listen to some Here's podcasts where I'm like, oh my God, they banter for like 15, 20 minutes and I end up skipping it. So ours right. is 
just a little taste of what's going like on that in that would life. be like a long one for us even like that a little be. below that is long for us yeah so. like five or six minutes is a lot for us so yeah it's standard so which we're approaching so i don't know do you want to start talking yeah. about some wrestling sounds good all right so let's move into talking about some of the week's wrestling news and rumors <laughs> So taking a look at the week's ratings, we've got this week's live edition of NXT 2.0 drew 569,000 viewers down 6.72% from last week, earned a 0.12 rating in that key 18 to 49 demographic, which is the exact same as last week. So this was the second lowest audience on USA Network so far this year. But again, I feel like the ratings are kind of holding pretty steady for both we only look at nxt and aew dynamite and it seems that they're holding pretty steady like it's never more than a few percent shift the last few weeks it feels like and that is true for dynamite this week as well they drew 930,000 viewers which is down 4.81 percent and earned a 0.37 in the 18 to 49 demo which was the same as last week and to be fair for both of those nights i believe there are as I can attest because I'm watching almost all of it. The NBA playoffs are... Yeah, apparently the Battle of the Bells 2 ratings were like pretty not, not pretty great. low just because I think because of that. They're, yes, NBA playoffs are in the infancy, so that means there's like three games every night, right? So um, uh, that's going to hurt the ratings a little bit, but pretty much holding mm-hmm. steady, so I guess it could be worse. What do you have for us? Um, and so Tony Khan's big announcement delivered yet again with um, EW announcing a joint pay-per-view with new japan pro wrestling june 26 forbidden door um i think it's in like chicago i'm pretty pumped for that i'm not gonna lie yeah i'm super excited for that i think that's cool um and so like the book what to expect for the booking for this it's supposed to it's you should expect it to be unlike the roh new japan g1 super card that they did i think it was mania weekend 2019 yeah in what because that was largely like roh roh matches new yes. japan new japan R- matches yeah um this is a mixture this is like it's likely to be AEW versus new japan cool. matches so that is good because i think that's what everyone would want out of this yeah right? and i've i've sort of fallen behind in my new japan and i don't right. think it's peak new japan right now but they're still they're still like the, the stars are there yeah right? there's awesome talent there so i don't think, think it has them. to be like completely that because you, you could have like if there's like a like because i know they're building like i guess it's still way down the road but for example hangman punk yeah seems to be teased so like if they wanted that title match so you could do that and then Although they'd probably want Hangman versus Okada or something. Yeah. But, like, I mean, if there's, like, a storyline that you want to do, you could still do, like, an AEW match and just have, like, have it amongst these AEW New Japan matches. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. It might get me and both of us sort of more interested in New Japan, right? Because I've got room to ditch NXT 2.0 and watch something else. So if we get intrigued by New Japan, if it gets to be in really interesting, we might have some a spot for that. But, yeah, that's... uh. I will definitely, we will definitely be watching that show for sure. And probably we'll talk about it as well. I would for imagine. Sure. Yeah. I definitely want to check that out. Um, I wonder if you could get it on like order on TV, I guess. I'm pretty sure I could yeah, get so, it where I usually, so I guess we could do that. Then. Yeah. I usually, I usually pay for all it AEW pay-per-views. One, so. Right. Exactly. Um, I don't know if this is more rumor, I guess, cause it, it seems to be possibly storyline related, but um, Mackenzie Mitchell spoke with a disappointed grizzled young veterans actually. I guess I shouldn't call them that anymore. Uh, Drake and Gibson. We'll, and I, we'll get to that. I even checked on the website. They haven't like actually haven't changed, changed the yet. names yet. They will. I was like, mm. she asked about their frustration, and Gibson basically said, "I think we're a bit past frustration. Honestly, I'm embarrassed. How long have we been saying soon? Now we left our family and friends during a pandemic to move across the world to become champions. 
and to be the team that we knew we could be. Well, you just watched. It's not exactly going to plan, is it? So I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going home. So because WWE put this out, I don't think it means they're being released or leaving or anything, but um, I'm wondering if it's, we were talking about it before we recorded, maybe heading back to NXT UK as like a, almost a swap, right? We picked up Pretty Deadly and they could send these guys back. Elton Prince and Kit, Which, whatever his last name is. It's, uh, what is it? Some Wilson, I think. Kit Wilson, I think. And it it's funny because you say that because remember my problem was I couldn't remember their names in NXT UK, even though we watch them every week. I still forget their names. Their new NXT names, I'm no better. I forget what they are, and I forget which one is which. So Elton Prince is the blonde one. He is. And Kit I had Wilson to, is the brunette one. I had to go back and change my notes from last week because I had them reversed. Or is it this week? This week, actually. I had to go back yeah, and Elton reverse Yeah, Elton Prince them. is Lewis, or Lewis Howley, I think it was. Or, right. And then Sam Stoker Stoker, yes. Kit Wilson. Yeah, so a forgettable names for me somehow. I have a bit of a block for them. but I. I feel like the old names are at least better because Sam Stoker, that's like... Um, it's like alliteration i feel like that's at least like it rolls off the tongue so i feel like you could easily like say that i feel like kate wilson elton prince is just like elton feel, prince feels like they wanted to combine weird. like elton john and prince like they wanted to take two yeah, celebrity I, names and they just, smash those them sound unnatural yeah I, i'm i mean i like grizzled young veterans and so do you and they're definitely not going to be used to their full capacity in nxt 2.0 i still remember that first match i saw him in like at the first UK yeah you love james drake on that one right yeah james drake's sick so if they go back to uk i'm okay with it because we watch it it's not great for their profile probably because i don't know how many people actually watch it but they would probably get a better position in that company than over in america so we'll it, see what happens i think Maybe. it'd suck if he was um drake because he's just drake and that's kind of yeah i think that might be why they went he's just james they're just drake and gibson now yeah, like, he's just Drake now, like, I don't know. Or maybe, I guess, like, they could change the tag name and keep the their full names when they're referred to as solos, but, yeah. like... And maybe it's nothing, maybe it's just, like, they're going to be off NXT TV for a while and then come back repackaged or something, right? So who knows, but it's... I didn't find a lot of news, so I included that as sort of a rumor in there. What else do you have? Um, so I saw a thing about cross and scarlet they got oh married on a glacier they did i saw that too isn't that lovely that's it just and i mean just confused whatever good for them if that's what they want to do but it feels like that's one of those things where you're trying really hard to get attention and get some good content to put out right and maybe that's not the case at all but for me being cynical human being and not being a big fan of them i'm just like ugh. Could you try any harder to do something cool and get attention for yeah, it? You know, it seems weird and unnecessary and also stupid. And but good dumb. for them if they if they honestly wanted to do it and loved it and it was for different reasons than I think it was. Then good for them, I guess. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's just I don't. That's weird, and that that is honestly the state of our news this week. It yeah, it's not it's not a busy week. Um, unfortunate news: Top Flight's Darius Martin is reportedly injured again, right? So he just came back injury from... Injury-prone, come on. Came back from a lengthy injury, right? Looked really good in what we saw him in one match, I think, I on think Dynamite. I like think a few. There was the Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. There was a one or two after, I think. And he looked good, but apparently Fightful Select is saying that he suffered a leg injury. I kind of figured as soon as I saw that Dante Martin was on his own in that right. trios match, I, yes. I was like, Darius is injured again, isn't he? And he just got back. So uh, there is no specific time frame, but it was noted that he's expected to miss another lengthy period of time. So that's too bad. Really young guy with a lot of potential hurt twice, like consecutively. Yeah, and then maybe so. Dante Martin gets bigger again and right. he's left in the dust. That is what happened, right? You could see that Dante's star started to rise. He had some really good matches against some 
quality opponents. So yeah, that might continue. Mm -hmm. I only have one more news story, so you go ahead. I have a couple more. One of them I don't really care about. But... <laughs> it was a late um, week, man. There was not yeah, a lot of um, fascinating an interesting stuff. interesting Owen Hart qualifier for next week's FTR will face each other. Yes, I'm really excited for that. I am very interested in that. I feel like Dax kind of has to win that. I do too. Um, no disrespect to Cash, but no. I feel like Dax has had some good singles outings before. Yes. I think he's definitely the superior one here. Yes. I think as much I, I think they should all just stay together. I don't think they ever need to break up. But no, if no. they're going singles, I think it's definitely Dax who's more fleshed out. And I think there's nothing wrong with two tag team partners like trying to just kill each other during the match and then being fine afterwards, well, right? There's no reason when to it's tease a team any like FTR. Like it, it makes sense for FTR. And they're so hot right now, right? There's no way you want to tease them I think it is an interesting way to capitalize on that. But I think it works. And I agree that um, Dax should get the yeah, win because he's had singles matches and looked amazing in those matches. So it'd be a nice little reward for yeah, him. Yeah, they are the kind of team to do this, right? I feel yep. like when WWE does that, it's kind of stupid. Like, I remember Rollins and Strowman won the tag titles. And yep. It's not like single stars are winning the tag titles and then they face off. Or, like, the only time I remember them doing that where it wasn't, like, champion and challenger um, winning the tag titles. Is I remember playing the 2K Showcase and it was Austin and Michaels and, like, 97 maybe mm -hmm. and they like they were just kind of like it was enemy of my enemy is my friend right thing against Classic. the heart foundation yeah and so they won the tag titles and they faced off at king of the ring i think it was um but yeah this is like a legit 2k showcase a legit tag team sort of you know yeah and i think it other. makes sense for them like i don't i don't see this realistically happening with anyone else and i think it also makes sense because own heart was, I was just gonna a say, tag team guy exactly like, well and they're just their love of Bret Hart and I think the Hart family is a legitimate thing, right? So for them, I've seen it going around that Bret might have quietly signed with WWE again. Oh, which really? I think is kind of interesting. The timing's interesting, right? Because all the rumors and sort of like little breadcrumbs, as we say, of him arriving right. that they might have snapped them back up if they could have, right? But yeah, I mean, um, out of respect for the tournament and the Hart family, I'm sure these two guys are gonna tear the house down. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, my last one, during his recent appearance on, um, I guess, the Battleground podcast, I don't know that one, Josh Alexander sort of talked about why he chose to re-sign with Impact Wrestling bef uh, rather than pursuing an AEW contract. Um, to paraphrase, he basically said that, kind of, and I think this makes sense, that AEW has just signed so many people that like opportunities might be hard to come by, and that AEW seemed only to have interest in him as a tag team wrestler with Ethan Page. Um, and sort of like Impact is the place Which that gave him sick. I know Impact is the place that gave him his shot, and they've been sort of loyal to him. And he has a they are committed to making him a single star. So I all could of those do the North, I would totally do the North. All of those things make sense. So I, I, I mean, that's not surprising to hear that, but that is what he said. Yes, I love the North. Like Don't if get I could me wrong. Get, like the AEW stuff, figures like I really want Impact to be able to get a deal with Jazzwares too. Cause like the whole kind of partnership thing, yeah. And then you get impact figures in that style. Cause like I don't like like a Super Seven. They make New Japan figures. They did like Ultimates for Cardona and Myers. Right. And they just look kind of weird. But it's like you did AW stuff. Like if I could get both of the North, I would do the North. The North are cool, but I I understand him wanting to be a singles wrestler, right? Like most of most, especially after he has been now. Most wrestlers do. So yeah, I just thought that all of that sort of was under the story checks out category for me. Yeah. That's it for me. Um, other, only other thing is Becky Lynch is going to return on Raw. So. I did see that. That's cool. <laughs> and what a, what an amazing week <laughs> of news, eh? It was like, I kept, and I was honestly checking since like 
Thursday every day just seeing what there was and there was really not anything of interest. I checked so. today and I kind of kept scrolling back and there's just not... No, nothing. A lot. So that's it for us in a week of lackluster wrestling news and Very. we'll move into a more in-depth review of this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. And CM Punk is kicking us off again for some reason. He is, indeed. Uh, and he's facing, for some reason, Dustin Rhodes. He is. Wearing a light blue lot. So that was different, and he's got, like, a Texas flag deal. Of course. It. So that, because Rhodes, that is why. What? Because his family. Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a botched bow and arrow stretch, which I thought was funny because, like, how do you botch a bow and arrow? He stretch? just like it just was didn't, like couldn't get him on for some reason. It was like there was he was out of balance. There was too much weight on the head and shoulder side, and he just sort of collapsed that way, sort of thing. It was yeah, it was kind of strange. Yeah, it was on. weird. <laughs> I don't know how you botched that, and then Punk tries to cover it up by like pinning him off. Yes. Like, so that and, was kind of funny. And I had a note because this started out pretty slowly, right? I think due to how long it ended up being, which was a bit of a surprise. But my note here was that commentary are trying really hard to justify Dustin doing nothing of consequence for the first few minutes. Because um, he was basically just did, hitting did a bunch of anything? arm drags and basic stuff. And they were trying to make it like, that's his strategy because CM Punk expects him to come in and do all this stuff. So he's just keeping it simple. And I was like, no, I think it's probably just... This is what he expects. They're, they're resting up for a lengthy match. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of leg targeting by Punk. There was. Arm wrench. Uh, so Rhodes, like, arm wrenched on Punk. He yanked him down on the apron, which is kind of uh, cool. It looked cool. It's so simple, but it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bit of a flurry by Rhodes and the uh, crowd count punches. It's a drop down uppercut and a scoop slam for two. Figure four by Punk. Strike exchange with the hold on um, later on. Uh, crossroads and a pile driver by Rhodes for two. Yeah, that was a nice near fall WWE spot. WWE move. Yep. That's not, that's illegal. But a good near fall spot, mm-hmm. I thought. Uh, Punk goes for a GTS, but his arm, I think, as his arm gives out. Yes. Um, Rhodes attempts a sunset flip. Punk sits down on the pin to get the win. Um, after when Punk's walking up the ramp, Hangman comes out. They have a moment where they kind of stare down for a sec. Right, to let us know that that's the next. Which, I mean, I've seen like, I saw, like, one channel did a YouTube poll, like, on, like, a community tab. Yeah. I mean, like, most people think that Punk should win that. And I'm yeah. just like, I don't what? think he should, but I think he might. It's possible. I, I don't think he should. I don't but... think he will. I don't. I don't. I think they're smarter than that. I hope so. Um, yeah, this match got a lot of time. It went, like, 17 minutes. It's a really different pace from most Dynamite openers, right? Usually there's lots of energy and spots, and this was more... A lot of limb targeting by Punk and some selling by Dustin. I did like Punk's relentless attack of Rhodes' leg, uh, and the story of Dustin trying to overcome that was fine. I wasn't impressed by the first few minutes. I thought it was really slow, but by the end of this, I did think it was a, a good match. I'm not sure it needed 17 minutes. Um, very different from a lot of crazy dynamite openers, but a good match nonetheless. I guess if I'm going to nitpick it a little bit, this is your now number one contender for the main belt, right? Struggling to defeat Dustin a 50-plus-year-old Dustin Rhodes. Um, he couldn't even win it with his finisher, which is a, a compliment to Dustin Rhodes, I guess. But Rhodes, sorry. But when you're... It's not the strongest look for Punk, right, going into a match against Paige. But I thought the interaction between Paige and Punk was really simple and effective afterwards. Like, Paige just came out and they sort of looked at each other, right? But that part worked. But 
So yeah, I like the match. I just don't know how strong it makes Punk look going into a title program, right? Yeah, that's that. That's one of my things I'll kind of get to. Um, it was fine. Another Punk over is kind of odd. Wasn't bad. Just it was definitely Dustin Rhodes match. Yeah, I liked uh, it. I actually liked it. It was just the pace was different from a lot of openers, right? I did like it. I didn't really love it. Um, he's good for his age, I think. It just definitely, it's just really starting to show in some parts now. And like, it was a solid effort. He had some good moves, but my one thing was when he was doing the dusty road strikes, you could totally see him slapping his own chest to get yes, the sound. Yes, I noticed that too. I only note that because it was super obvious, but I've also never noticed anyone doing that for strikes before because obviously they do that, but I've never like blatantly noticed it before. I think before. the camera angle was perfect to catch yeah. it too. Um, And never noticed that before because thigh, thigh slaps are more commonly known and easier to spot, I feel like. Um, But anyways, it also ran a little long and I had like a hotter match for an opener. It was fine. Like it was good, just a bit slow at times yep. and overstayed its welcome for sure. The finish was fine, but not a huge thing I don't think... Like like you said, it doesn't make Punk look the best. They had to win by countering a pin on Rhodes. Right. Instead of being able to hit a GTS. Right. Like, sure, it's a feather in the cap for Dustin Rhodes, but... We're, that's not who we're that, building here. Or that doesn't matter. Right. We're supposed to be building Punk as a viable opponent for Hangman Page, right? Exactly. Not, not adding anything to Dustin not Rhodes. Not having him barely get by right. Dustin Rhodes. I agree. Uh, next, Wardlow arrives. Um, basically, Sterling arrives with security and explains that they'll be... Extor- ex- escorting not extorting Wardlow. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not uh they'll be escorting Wardlow everywhere and he'll have to wear handcuffs up until the match and immediately after he's done um i thought it was fine before the match i think it's kind of amusing that mjf will make him wear handcuffs everywhere but, but it kind of makes sense i guess so why does mjf have this power just because Wardlow works for his him contract i guess and he doesn't work for aew I wonder if we've ever seen Wardlow's All Elite. Like, I'm a little confused. Like, I I thought Wardlow sounded really comfortable here, and it's a quick way to get him on the show for the first time, because I'm assuming at this point it's going to be more times than this, and he has a match. So I'm just like, why? Why? Why the handcuffs? Just because Ward, I guess because MJF says so. Like, I don't, this whole, like, you don't work for AEW thing, you work for me. I I don't know. I I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a bit confused by it, but it's fine. They're building. A monster in Wardlow, it's working, so I shouldn't be too critical. But yeah, so I, this was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we get Blackpool Combat Club against Dante Martin solo again. Yep, Lee Moriarty and good Brock old Brock Anderson. Brock Anderson, hell yeah, love Brock Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, typical fashion Blackpool Combat Club attack right away. There's a half and half suplex to Anderson by Mox. He dra- drapes Anderson over the ropes with a suplex drop and then. Anderson falls with a diving knee drop to the back of the head. Hot take flurry from Moriarty, which was kind of solid, actually. I liked it. Uh, Mox counters the nosedive from Martin into a sleeper, moves that into a bulldog choke, as Mor- and Moriarty tries to kick him off to no avail. Um, both Mox and Yuta do like the rapid elbow to the jaw on their respective guys, and then Danielson is doing the thing where he kicks the guy's head in. And then uh, Paradigm Shift to Dante Martin ends it. Yeah, um... I like this match. I liked that Yuta looked vicious at the beginning of the match because I think they've done a good job of showing that he can take punishment, right, in that match with Moxley. And now he needs to show that he's embracing the violence and that that's kind of what he's getting out of this mentorship by these guys, that he gets more violent and things. So I like that. I thought Moriarty looked great in the part he had with Danielson there. I, that might have been the hot tag you were referring to. Yeah, I thought, probably. thought that looked really good. So enjoyment-wise, I thought this match was really fun with the young guys, especially Moriarty and Martin. Um, I not think so they much. They could have done better with like like 
He's Lee Johnson's even better. I think they're just inching Anderson along, right? He didn't get a lot of time in this match. I remember match. he hit a spinebuster, and even then it was like, do better. Yeah. So enjoyment-wise, I liked it. But storyline-wise, I liked it less just Doesn't because... Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I thought you have this new dominant ultra-violent faction, and they like struggled at times with a young trio that don't work together, right? Like, I young... guess you could go like they're still a fresh unit, but, I, but uh, to be fair... So are the young right. guys. Yeah. Like... And and the, the young guys, it's great because they got to look really good in this, but the it's Blackpool kinda, Combat like Club, the... for me, should be more dominant. Like, if the finish was dominant, like, they're all beating the hell out of each of the members, but I should thought more of that? the young guys got a lot of offense it's in this. It's kind of like the, the opener where it's like right. Rhodes got a bunch of them, like, the, the finish kind of makes him look a little better, yes. but he's not the one you should be focusing on. Right. So I feel like this is kind of similar where like the match kind of makes them look a little better, but you shouldn't be worrying about that. Yeah, it's kind of so I I enjoyed it. But storyline wise, I was like, is this the right move? And that's AEW. They tend to want everybody to look kind of good. Right. And I get that. Yeah. But I think there's times where you just got to pull a Kenny Omega versus Sonny Sonny Kiss. thing. agree. Yeah. So I like the match. But yeah, I had some questions about that's funny how much they got. Um, yeah, it was a solid enhancement match. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club were on the back burner a bit too much, like you said. Solid showings from Moriarty and Martin, though. Fine exhibition for Blackpool Combat Club. Just need need more dominance here, I think. I like their logo. Like it's kind of like a yeah, it looks good. A New World Order kind of looking logo, but it's like in blood. It's like it's like a new. It's like an NWO logo, air quotes, ripoff the shirt that I one. actually like. Yeah. Like, it's, like, in that style, but I think it's actually, like, a cool way to interpret it. Whereas, like, I think WWE, like, they did, like, a New Day Wolfpack-looking one. Yeah. Or, like, uh, Legado del Fantasma and Civ LWO. Like, those are fine and all, but it's just not, there's not, like, I feel like this one's actually kind of creative. Yep. I like I, I like that. I thought Yuta's ring gear was really cool. Had that logo on it. It was white tights, which I think is new for him, so I thought he looked kind of cool, too, actually. Nice. Uh, next, we get the... Undisputed Elite and the Young Bucks. I'm not including them in the Undisputed Elite. That's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly says they might, may not see eye to eye, but they've all lost a bunch recently, unfortunately. They that's, have. That's pretty depressing. That, yeah, it's a good point. I don't like that. Um, but they are the Undisputed Elite and the Young Bucks, and they need to turn it around, and he says he'll qualify for the Owen, Carp, Owen Hart Cup <laughs> by beating Jungle Boy's ass. In fact, he will, and beating his back, too. Uh, Cole says the Bucks' friends are all gone, uh, and Cole is still here, and Redragon are here, and as a functioning unit that can't be stopped, he puts up they should put a 10-man tag open challenge next week, and he leaves saying is something to sort out, um, which we'll see in a bit. Um, and the 10-man tag is, I think, the three guys from the Black Bull Comic Con right, match. Right, it was. And two other guys, I don't remember. Me either. It was a bunch of kind of a mishmash of people. Kind of like this week, except you're adding two more. So yeah, I mean, this was a fine little segment, but I, I, I always notice like when Kyle O'Reilly speaks first and then Cole speaks, the contrast is almost overwhelming, right? Because Kyle never really sounds fully comfortable when he's speaking. And then Adam Cole sounds like he's just a professional actor and does a great job, right? Cole is awesome. Um, like, I don't know, I just love Cole. He is, he is, uh, he is um, a fantastic all around, like professional wrestler right he can he do doesn't everything win their title someday i'm gonna be very other sad. than being a humongous power guy i guess that'd be the only thing some people would say he's missing but i yes, don't even think he needs that this group is on a losing streak and not happy about it and then they've got the tension within the faction so this makes sense i thought this was a solid segment nothing special but it, it was kept my interest for sure i need redragon versus young bucks at some point yep uh, oh we will that's yeah. that's i'm sure a slow build to that mm-hmm 
Um, this was solid, but they're really trying their hardest to drive home the faction name. I think I, I, I like the name. It's like a way to combine the whole elite it thing is. that they always do, but also kind of a nod to their NXT roots. I like it. They just said it way too much here, just like to the point where it's like, who talks like that? Right, because it wasn't a lengthy segment, and they worked it in there a few times. At least right? five times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on board for this unit getting together or feuding, but as long as Cool sticks with Red Dragon, I think he should... I think if they feud, he he should stick with Red Dragon because I think the Bucks are better on their own. Yes. I feel like like they can sustain, sustain themselves way better because like Cole can speak where Red Dragon can't sometimes. Right. And I feel like Bucks will be fine on their own. And then also whenever Kenny comes back around or Jay White, I guess. Well, Jay White's in the mix. I and guess. Kenny could bring Callus with him who can speak for anyone anytime. Right. right. And so, yeah, you could do that. And so I think the Bucks definitely need to like not take Cole. It does need to get moving at some point, yeah. right? We I seem think to be getting a lot for of double or nothing or forbidden door, I guess. I'm not sure if they want to do that. It or... seems to be a lot of these segments where they talk and there's tension and then it right. com- comes back to it next week mm-hmm. sort of thing. I like the idea of the open challenge next week. Easy way to stick like a fun multi-man tag on next week's show, right. like a big one. Yep. Um would make for a good opener instead of another one with CM Punk. To be fair, Punk could very well end up in that match anyways. I like just if he was on the other side. But it doesn't seem like that would be the case. Um, I could be reading into it too much, but I thought it was interesting the way Cole left here. Seems like hinting at something because he had to go for some reason, but since that was disproven literally two segments later. <laughs> yes. Not like that. That's sad. It didn't go far. Um, there's a Samojo lethal back and forth thing. I didn't catch much of it, but it was just one of those back and forth style ones. Um, I like Joe's promo. He was solid. I thought Satnam Singh didn't sound great at the end. And I am nearly certain they are incredibly overhyping him. Like, it just seems a lot here. They'll, Lethal and Dutt were fine, but as a whole, I'd be more interested in this feud without Satnam Singh, That's which is the opposite funny fact. You say that, because my thoughts are very similar. I thought Lethal, Dutt, and Joe sounded actually great, and I like the contrast where, like, Joe's kind of the chill one, right, and the other two are all fired up. But just like what you were just saying, the inclusion of Singh, for me, is, is making this less interesting than it could be right it's almost like a turnoff and it feels like a wwe thing to me so um yeah i don't i don't get what they're doing with this it feels not something aew does unless this guy turns out to be an amazing talent of some kind but uh so yeah but guys of his stature he's taking away from the angle and not adding to it so yeah uh, so far i agree but i thought everybody else was good i think it doesn't trend in his favor though with guys like Kali, yes giant gonzalez and Omos. I normally am not a big Lethal fan, but I am quite enjoying this heel version of him right now. I can't now. get behind it. It was sitting there. Just, it's, it's tough. It makes it tougher. It's and that's a detractor. It's the exact opposite of what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah, rarely do they miss like that, but this is definitely a miss. So like, far. Satnam Singh is, I think this feud is fine. Like, I think it works. I think that would be something they could have included when they start Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe like I'd, I like it, but I feel like if they start a Ring of Honor show, that's where this should go. Yeah, that would um, make more sense, probably. I don't need Satnam Singh here. I do yeah, not so far, I'm not impressed, but understand, who knows? Like, have him as a dark thing. Maybe he has yeah. been. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, keep up with the internet shows. I don't know. I usually, they always advertise the cards, so I feel like I would have seen them. Next, we get Tony Khan's major announcement mentioned in, in the news. He comes out, introduces the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling, insert Japanese name here. Yeah, I forget who it was. Uh, Something, something. That's good uh, reporting right there, folks. Adam Cole cuts it off because... He does. He can. I, yeah, like, uh, well, because he affili- was affiliated with New Japan, I guess, and he he does a better job it, than awkward 
Tony Khan, <laughs> right? And also Japanese Probably, guy. whose English may be limited, I don't know. Yeah, and it's like, the only time I remember him being in New Japan would have been, like, as part of the ROH partnership, and I remember because he took the Ring of Honor title from Kyle O'Reilly at Wrestle Kingdom in yes. 2017. and I was not watching New Japan at that time for the cool so run. So I think it's kind of odd, but whatever. Um, and he says if anyone should make the announcement, he should. Sure. Um, he says on June 26th, AW New Japan will present a show titled Forbidden Door. He says on Rampage we'll get a preview when he takes on Tomohiro Ishii in a own heart qualifier. He guarantees one of the Unspeed Air members. Oh. Unspeed Elite members will make it to the finals, which guarantees that the Bucks won't be in the tournament because they're not undisputed. So are we to believe that Tony Khan, like, confides his announcements in Adam Cole. <laughs> when right? it's, well, when it's related to New Japan, his big surprise, should. he takes like a slimy heel and lets him in on the yeah, secret. And then it gets even weirder. He says he has a friend who wants to come out, and Jay White is back. Right. I forgot he was on AEW. Yes, it's that easy is, to forget. That's why I am I, sad I, that I forgot that. I guess that's why they did this. He beat up Trent Beretta. He did. Um, White says it is fitting he is here because last time New Japan held a big joint event, he single handedly sold it out. Was he at G1 Supercard? I don't. I don't know. Remember I'm him being there. The only thing I remember from G1 Supercard was Matt Taven winning a ladder match. Yeah, I don't remember. Against someone in Skrull. Was it Roosh? Ugh, Skrull. My mm. disappointment. I really liked him as a performer. Apparently. Oh yeah, you loved Skrull. A dirtbag of a human being. You loved him. I did. I almost bought some of his merch at some point because he mm. had some cool shirts and stuff out. Yeah, and you remember he was like head booker in ROH for like a bit. Right. Is he still? No, he's like wrestling has said no thank you to him mm. um, for a good reason. It isn't about New Japan or AEW. It's about the Unspeed Elite and Bullet Club and it is still their era. No, Bullet Club suck, man. Like, they need to freshen up or do something. At least Bullet Club and Impact Wrestling was not interesting to me at all. <laughs> well, but, that's, uh, because, um, that's because of Gorillas of Destiny. Once you bring in Doc Owls, it's all good. Of course. Yeah, I, so again, I'm not quite sure why Cole did this, but he sounds better than Tony Khan would doing it. And again, we talked about it in the news. So many possible amazing combina combinations and... Cole Ishii is definitely one of them, so that's what sold me on watching Rampage this week. So if that was their goal, it worked on me. And I guess having Jay White there, it's a good reminder um, that he is here, he's a heel. Um, and I like that Tony Khan made this not about himself, right? A lot of promoters and whatever would want to take this moment to do this, but he sort of mm. uh, passed it along I to Cole. Who. Yeah, I think that was definitely smart, because I think like the last announcement was good, mm -hmm. but like... He, he was awkward like not like bad but no he, he just, just like tell like not the most comfortable on the mic like right. i think well i it, it at least comes across as like very real yeah he's got like this interesting kind of awkward energy i don't i don't mind it either it's yeah. fine but i think it is definitely smart doing what's cool i think cole did well here i think going to announce i think it's really cool um i am excited for the matches i think the name works too um i also noticed on the logo they're ripping off dr strange the sling portals they're not slick i see them <laughs> i would never notice that because this is basically wrestling's equivalent of the multiverse yes in marvel right so that so it makes sense but um they're not slick um i, I like white here um because jay white's sick um i hope he's doing something um i don't know what he'd is he he's still he would be a new japan guy right yes yeah. Bu Bullet Club are just kind of boring right now. They need to do something new Except and exciting. Except for Jay White. Jay White's the cool boy there. I guess. Um, and Cole versus Ishii was cool. So it was cool. Now using past tense. We'll get to it. Mm -hmm. We will. That is true. Um, 
Next, we get a Cargill promo with Kier Hogan, Red Velvet. Why are they there? Because they be baddies. Black vibes. I guess. That I don't kind of thing. Could it's be. like female hurt business. Yeah, mm-hmm. which was cool. So maybe the hurt business was one. I don't know why WWE's anti-faction because whenever they do one, they get over and then they just like blow it up real quick. What's another time they did that? Hurt Business was actually kind of cool. What's another time they did like a... I don't know. You're asking me memory questions on the spot, which well, never goes well. Also times where they did factions and they just sucked. Well, yeah. But like Retribution. If you think about all of the major hot times in wrestling, it was a lot of factions, right? On the Speed Era. Right. Well, That I mean... one was one that actually lasted a while. Yeah, but I'm talking like Attitude Era, like Nation Domination, WCW, Corporation, like one ratings wars for almost two years by having faction, right? So, anyways, there's also, um, never mind. I'm not. I'm blacking out. Um, they said they'd be in the baddie section on Friday when she defends her title against Play. Uh, Jade calls herself the problem solver again. She said she'd see Play on Friday. She does. Um, it was fine. I guess Hogan and Velvet are already just like randomly affiliated. Like they just showed up in the baddie section. Now they're here. I'm fine with Hogan there because I feel like she fits there. But it's a really sudden turn for Velvet, especially considering literally Cargill's first feud was against Red Velvet. Mm-hmm. There's just like no explanation here. Like it's fine. I'm okay with them being involved. I think it's like, I mean, sure, it's kind of basic to like put all the women of color together. But whatever, it's fine. It it works. It's I'm not saying it doesn't work. It's just, yeah. You can see what they're doing, but I wish it wasn't like so just random, especially with Cargill and Velvet's history. I just think it's kind of odd. Yeah, they're uh, it's kind of like WWE where it's like we expect you not to remember this, so we're like right. I mean, it was like nearly a year ago at least, but like I would like some sort of explanation. Like maybe it's coming. I feel like what they should because you know how they were doing the whole Statlanders kind of changing. They could have done that with Velvet instead, and then that would have tied into this, though. Her change wasn't super drastic either, I don't find. And, like, you could have done the dissension between Velvet and Hirsch, and then you would have, then that maybe could have built to this. Like, she aligns with Cargill because, like, it's just, it's a better alliance for her, and then, like, that goes against, like, I don't know, I feel like that could have made more sense than doing it with Statlander, and Statlander doing nothing. Yes, it is a sudden move for um, Red Velvet, for sure. It's... So it was basically Jade's usual stuff, but now she has a faction with her. Um, I thought she sounded good. She she oozes attitude, which I like, but she didn't really say anything of consequence, right? It's not anything new or... It was or, more just establishing the unit. Right. Like, we are officially a group. They're not just in the crowd when I wrestle. They are with me sort of thing. So right, I, and then I guess that's also the nameless ones, I guess. I, I guess that was successful. And I'm happy for Kira Hogan because I really like her, and I think that they have drastically underused her since she's arrived, so I'm hoping this gets her a yeah, little bit of time. Yeah, she's been quite a bit. Yeah, and I think she's pretty good at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, next we get Butcher versus Wardlow. Oof, watch out, Wardlow. That's all I can say. <laughs> right. Um, MJF cuts a promo from way up in the stands. I don't know if it's like a balcony. It's just like really high. Like Something one of the like that, upper yeah. stands right. bits. Up in because... the nosebleeds, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> Spears is like, because they're like at the edge of like, it's like more one of the ele- electric, electronic billboards would be like mm-hmm. the scrolls um and he's just like dropping popcorn on on the fans which i thought was kind of funny yeah um he says they can boo him and he sees how they cheer warlow and he is a nobody like all of them and since he is a nobody he will come out to no music which he does so again mjf has control i thought it was over... funny that trons were black and then, but they're still like the green lighting and everything like yeah you get lights but that's it yeah no we're cutting you off at lights um, this is a Mehas fight. Um, there's not really a lot here. Butcher bites Wardlow's head and batters him with forearms, headbutts in the corner. 
Powerbomb by Butcher for two. Ooh. Uh, Wardlow gets back up, puts the straps down. Ooh. And hits a powerbomb. Three more powerbombs, and Wardlow gets the win. Shocking. It was fine. Instant match for Wardlow. Pretty much standard. So I like this better than you, and I don't... So I thought Butcher looked really aggressive and vicious. I liked Butcher, but then, like, I just don't feel like there was much else. I thought he looked good in his moments he got on offense, and I think combined with his look, right, he looks so unique. Yeah, they could do, like... I think there's potential here with this guy, I don't think he has, like, a lot of more mobility, but there is some potential to do a bit more. He could be, like, in that, um... He could be a lower mid-card. Like... What's, why can't I remember his name? Like in the Lance Archer role, where we need to yes. heat up a monster as a fake challenger or something, right? Yeah, if that you kinda... just spice up Warlow a bit more, like make him a bit more than just the Offo's like bruiser, you could, yeah, you, you could do, he could be a Lance Archer. That's, uh, <laughs> oh my, Lance Archer's like a, a an adjective now right. or whatever like and cut to lance archer going hey i could be a big deal too you know (laughs) um so i actually kind of like the story here i felt like the idea was as long as you're relentlessly attacking wardlow right you have a chance but the minute you let up wardlow only needs a couple seconds to sort of just take you out regardless that's not not a bad point regardless of how big you are because butcher looked looked strong in the parts that he got right um i like when he did like on rampage after he powerbombed the guy he went like yeah i don't mind that that's that funny. taunt the for some mugging, reason yeah. the two fingers under his own chin i don't for some I reason love, i like it it's a thing it's it good it's a thing he could do yes. and like that's that's a thing so i think i like this more than i should have possibly um and it's funny because just because we'll get to nxt later but in nxt you can kidnap people and nothing happens to you but a in aew like you bother mjf a bit and you're escorted around in cuffs by like <laughs> 20 security guards but in nxt you can kidnap guys and lock them in a cage and tie them up and and steal hall of fame rings totally fine kidnap yeah. people's dads <laughs> yeah so there's a bit of a contrast Kidnap there. people's actual fathers but of the wardlow wardlow squashes i don't even know if this is quite a squash but i like this match actually for some reason mm. yeah that no that's a, not a bad point i think that butcher with a bit more is an archer type like he could be some upper mid card guys heavy you know what i mean or uh, he could do more than he is doing i think at again the end of the i day. say they need one more title just one more singles title just it's like that everybody involved more. in the fa- the family office stuff needs to just, just think, yeah, break apart party, and do something man, else if they turn face again just do something else private party as baby faces have so much potential yeah. but i feel like they're really being held back here ever since it's almost like they said you know what you guys best thing for your development would be to go and try and be heels for a while that's part of your development and then right. we'll make you faces and it'll be great i don't know we'll i don't see. even care what it is just that one, whole faction is more just title a, that faction is just a waste of talent in for my sure. opinion as long as it's not like a junior heavyweight title i just need one more right um, next we get an Eddie Kingston promo. Kingston says on Rampage, it's him and Garcia, um, and then Jazz and Prime Powerful aren't allowed in the building. He tells Jericho to watch because everything he does to Garcia is meant for him, and he's going to have fun with it. He says when he is done, Garcia's family in Buffalo won't recognize him. Yeah, another good, passionate promo from one of the best Mike guys in the business. Um, and at this point, I was saying the match with Garcia could be really good, too. Eh. We'll get to that. I, yeah. But um, I'm just not quite feeling the... Maybe it's just because I'm not all in on Jazz at this point, or... And I keep saying, oh, it's going to be Stadium Stampede. A, that doesn't save this. B, 
no mention of it yet. And I always say that Eddie Kingston can talk me into believing anything, but it's not happening with this. That just I think maybe then that illustrates the state of Jericho Appreciation Society. I think it does. Because, yeah, I, I agree. I think Kingston can make a lot of things seem like, like he got me into like the Jericho feud, like yep. the, the Jericho me feud too. itself. And a great and th- match. This is just an extension of that, except I just don't care. Actually, that's a really good point. We've kind of been down this road already. Right. And if anything, this should be better because like you also have pound powerful who i think are awesome. great yep but i just don't care about this and, I and i'm not just, feeling that's just probably because of the jazz as a faction and, and to me it's pride and powerful that should have the major heat with jericho not so much eddie kingston because they were in a faction with this guy for months and months and months right so i, I don't know there's something missing here and it's weird because eddie kingston can usually talk me into anything but i'm not super interested not in this here. feud still yeah, and another thing is they need to, if it's going to be Steam Stampede, just please tell me. I want to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and figure out who the baby faces are teaming with, because I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, and I guess Guevara's out of the question now. It seems that way, yes. Yeah. Um, it was a solid promo. It was all right. Um, should be a good match, said me a f- <laughs> couple days ago. Uh-huh. Um, next, we get Kyle O'Reilly versus Jungle Boy, Owen Hart, Qualifier. I wish it was an Owen Hart Cup, but I can't call it that because I don't even know if it is. Just an Owen Hart tournament. Or maybe that's like a, the trophy like the Andre the Giant one. They made a bronze statue of, <laughs> of I mean, Owen. I think that would that, be cool. And you could still call it, I guess you can't call it a cup. And then you have to have a face win it and a heel come and destroy it in a classic move. Yes. Or repeat SmackDown and have a, a heel win it, split from his tag partner and go face, and then have the partner steal it. Right. Yes, I am saying Corbin stole his trophy last night. Well, and then you do the classic, you stole my property. I, I We have to have a match to get it back because there's no other recourse. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be funny of a one-on-one uh, for the for an Andre the Giant battle. In the world trophy. of wrestling, there is no recourse to having things stolen other than to fight them for it. <laughs> right. That's the only way to get it back. <laughs> I just thought of it. That would, that would be so funny if there is a one-on-one match for a Battle Royal trophy. Mm-hmm. I think it is kind of interesting because Corbin did win it a while ago. Okay, don't talk main roster on this show. That upsets me. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I apologize. It's a waste of everyone's time and your breath. <laughs> it's a waste of breath and a waste of words. It is. Um, so there were some hold encounters. There was a soul kick by Jungle Boy. Kyle Riley comes back with a high knee in, a, in the butterfly suplex trifecta. The third one's just like a sit-o face buster, but mm-hmm. I like it. It's fun. That's cool. Whenever I'm playing a sim, I love to hit that in 2K because it's a fun move. It's a fun move to hit. I like it, the way it flows. Um, a comebacker later on the outside by Jungle Boy rebounding off the barricade. Kyle Riley has kind of like a standing triangle on. I remember, uh, Ron Strowman did that in his Wyatt family days. <laughs> Like he, Braun Strowman, another dirtbag. I think so. Wait, do you know that? I'm pretty sure. Mm. I mean, he's involved with Control Your Narrative, so enough said, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, I'm not going to lie, I'm probably going to check it out when I can. I, just, it, I, I think it started. Just for to mock it. Yeah, I think it has too. And I think it's, it looks really indie, though. Like, from what I've seen them post it, like, it looks super small. Like, one guy got, like, taken out for super kicking. Yeah. How do I say this without implicating myself as a criminal? The places that I usually find to watch wrestling are not covering that show at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're totally fine, like law-abiding Absolutely, upstanding citizens. Upstanding citizens. As far as I know, are doing everything legally. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jungle Boy reaches for the ropes on that triangle, and Kyle Riley turns into a bump handle suplex. That was cool. It was cool. Um, Jungle Boy stomps at Kyle Riley in the tree of woe, and then the basement drop kick. Superflex by Kyle Riley, and he hangs on, so Jungle Boy like kind of wraps into a small package for two. I saw that happen on some show. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, That's great color work think. right there, fella. It was SmackDown. I think Liv Morgan beat Sasha Banks. How dare you? Again, main roster. You just <laughs> love main roster. Do you want to stop watching Dynamite and start watching SmackDown? I do, Is that actually. what you're telling me? That's a, I do. You're I, out of the family and you're doing that podcast on your own. I am. That's, <laughs> I'm starting that tomorrow. Have fun. Because you don't know how to do any of the recording or technical part. Or maybe. And I, I will not I, help you <laughs> to do that. <laughs> well, Anything maybe, else? No problem. I'll singly hint. I'll single-handedly create the worst podcast of all time. Do it. I'll cover only main roster in NXT. Just use then... your laptop mic. Don't actually use any of the sound <laughs> and equipment. Then don't use any mics. Use the first um, production uh, app or thing I find mm-hmm. and then post it on only YouTube. <laughs> That's exactly it, with no video. <laughs> no video. Guaranteed success. Or I use a crappy computer camera. Or I point it at like the ground or something. Yep, you could do that. Um, Kyle Riley hangs on again, hits a brain buster. I like the brain buster he has in two K because if you do the pin combo, he like floats over and mm-hmm. in. I love any brain buster pretty much, <laughs> except when they rotate too far and it's basically a suplex and they still call it a brain buster. No, I think that's kind of funny. It's got to be straight down, man. All right, sheer drop. Like Ishii, my boy. Ishii. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we get a diving knee drop to the back by Kyle Riley, and that is your finish. Yeah, um, I was pleasantly surprised to see I wish him pick he up would the win here. Hit it with, to the back of the head. <laughs> um, so he gets a quality singles win, which I was not expecting and was kind of happy to see. I thought O'Reilly looked awesome in this and really got to showcase his technical ability with some really cool counters and like crisp offense, right? And I mean, Jungle Boy does what he does. He provides entertaining matches regardless of the opponent regardless of whether it's singles or tag team matches like i just keep saying jungle boy has good matches right all the time if he Mm -hmm. could just get his promos down and his character work down like he's definitely a pillar oh yeah if if he could then yeah he's definitely in the making and i don't know how long you can do your jungle boy as your gimmick but anyways a really good really good tv match i enjoyed this i would love to see these guys get on a pay-per-view and get more time even if that was possible somewhere down the road because i thought the chemistry was really good and i quite enjoyed this match for a tv match i thought it was very entertaining you um yeah i definitely liked it too one of the highlights on the show i um, agree i liked this quite a bit for a tv match um kyler is on display here looked uh, really good even some of the little things he did he was just looking good all around some good moves like the butterfly suplex trifecta he does is really cool or like his the way he strikes i really like me too only thing is i think he should have hit the knee drop to the back of the head instead of just the backs i think it sounded like he was targeting the back it just doesn't quite his a finish but i think it was it, it works well enough jungle boy looks solid two guns away offense nearly winning with the snare trap uh good first singles when they pointed out for kyle riley his singles debut mm-hmm, and looked it looked like he would he'll face samoa joe um which should be great yes. um i don't see him winning but i think it's just them showing everyone in the tournament which yeah. is only them, so I think I we just kind of... Because then they showed Kyle Riley, Cole, and Joe in the same graphics, so I think it's just displaying who's qualified. Right. Um, next, we get MJ interview. He says, Butcher didn't get the job done, but there's a lot of money where that came from, and he is a snake. Ooh. A snake. Get it. And when he decides you are his prey, it doesn't matter how big or tough you are, he just takes one bite. He's paid Jake Roberts, the snake, uh, to bring in Archer. 
and Jake <laughs> Butcher and Archer. <laughs> Jake Roberts is already oh my sweating God, he was profusely. So sweaty. Like he enters the screen dripping with sweat. Somehow. Yeah, a very <laughs> sweaty. Robert says a bunch of stuff, and then Archer comes in, says he doesn't need the money, he just wants to fight Warlow, and everyone dies, or everybody dies, I guess. Yeah, I mean, MJF using his money, right, we're sort of led to believe he has a lot of wealth to pay for bigger and bigger challenges for Wardlow makes sense. Um, and it's a good way to sort of prolong the feud and delaying having MJF and Wardlow touch um, and allows Wardlow to just keep showcasing himself because the crowd seems to be very much behind the build for this match. So um, they're really demonstrating how to build a star, right? And the way they've built Wardlow has worked because the crowd loves this guy right now. And I mean, to be fair, it's a huge help to have somebody like MJF in the heel role, right? Every feud this guy builds is money, it seems at this point, right? So right, yes, even if Wardlow kind of sucked, he could probably like build this feud right, well. Right, because MJF just gets that heat, right? So then people just want to see somebody beat up MJF, which is the role of a heel. He does it better than anyone. Not that Wardlow's not doing his job well. Um, too, but a lot of the credit has to go to MJF. But they are building a star with Wardlow right now, right? So they're doing good work, and this Absolutely. was good. <laughs> Solid problem from MJF. <laughs> it was really funny how sweaty Roberts was. It really was. was. <laughs> like, take a minute and just tell your face, bud. It was as if he missed his cue a bit, and he had to like, kind of like hustle there. Right. Like, did he <laughs> wrestle a match before he came over here? Like, I don't, exactly. I don't understand. It was a Shane um, McMahon-esque. At least Archer's a higher caliber of a yes. for Wardlow. But it does kind of diminish what's left of his star power because of, like, we know how this is building Wardlow, right? So It's funny. I wasn't even thinking when I said Butcher could be like a like an archer that that <laughs> was what they, was happening and next. And then I, they busted out archer. Right. I, that was not intentional on my part, actually. Right. Not even a week later. No. <laughs> um, Hook versus Anthony Henry is next. FK Asher Hale. He's my favorite jobber, not that or one of them. Not that he got to do anything here, but I actually think Anthony Henry's pretty good. Right, cuz he jobbed out to Blackpool Combat Club and he looked in their good. starting yeah. days. Right. Um there's a half crab by Hook, but Henry gets a rope break and Hook is back on the attack with corner body blows and a hip throw. Basement Larry to the back of the head. Uh crossface shots by Hook. Dan has attempts to curse Hook again to no avail. Hook uh went gets a submission victory with Red Rum. Um Dan Housen cuts a quick promo. Sick of Hook thinking he can't be cursed or whatever, and he won't be cur- if he won't be cursed with Dan Housen, he will fight Dan Housen. Hook chuckles a bit, walks away like Hook does. And Nice and Sterling were in the crowd they scouting were. Hook here, right, as well. So, I mean, Hook's intensity is impressive. His offense looks great. They're doing a really good job of building him and protecting him so far. Like, I don't know what he's going to look like in like a 15 minute or longer back and forth match, but for now, in these quick one-sided matches, he looks really good, right? Um, I've said it before, I don't really care about Danhausen at this point, but I think it seems like a good choice of stepping up. He's not a jobber, right, at this point, but it's somebody that Hook can still destroy who has at least a bit of a name. So it's it's moving Hook up a little bit in competition, but it's somebody who definitely doesn't need a win. Danhausen doesn't need any wins at this point. And Hook can, Hook can destroy there, him, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, and and you've got the contrast of Hook's serious, super serious character that doesn't talk up to this point. Um, and then Danhausen is a hundred percent comedy thing. So I guess that contrast works. Um, and we'll see where it goes. So, but yeah, the match like I enjoy watching Hook kill people. So this was more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good squash. It was effective. Hook looked good here. I like his offense. Me too. I wish there was just more of those cool suplexes. I yeah, like, I like that. I wish there was more of that. 
Um, I don't care for the Danhausen nonsense, but it's not bad. It's not offensive. It's just kind of there. I and, think it, it, it's fine enough. And Hook's hair just keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier. I thought at first I thought you were mentioning, um, Asher Hale at first because his no. hair is like super gray. Yeah, it was. Um, next we get Frankie Kazarian. For some reason, I'm gonna call he him still exists. The Elite Hunter. I'm gonna call him that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna call him that because it's funny. An amazing angle he worked there. That would have been cool, man. Like. If it was if either if they took it seriously or if it wasn't Kaz, I was just gonna say it'd be a good angle, maybe not for Kaz. No offense, Kaz, you yeah. you're a talented fellow. Why it was because they uh, ended SCU. Right? That's yes, what it was. That's right. Anywho, he's cut off by Scorpio Sky. Sky says he has been reflecting since Bot B, aka Battle of the Belts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lists off his accolades like any reflective person would. I guess. Yeah. Um, and said it wouldn't have been possible without Kaz. And he needs another favor. He says he knows Kaz wants to be TNT champion, but he wants to go out and challenge him to get the title back. He'll get the first shot to Kaz because that's what always happens when someone says that words to other people. And that's is what happens. Kaz in line for a title shot? And if I guess so, that's how? what was going to happen here. How? Because dark. Because ratings? Because, or sorry, rankings? And has he been. <laughs> yep, Kaz's ratings. Has he been racking up wins on dark and elevation or something? I, 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 don't know. I guess. Or he's ranked number five. I still like this, though. It felt like yeah. kind of a real conversation that someone might have, right? Yeah, so... um, it was fine. I thought it was either turning Sky face right? or ter- to turn Sammy heel, or it's a ruse by Sky to get a tile shot fast. I kind of thought it was him turning him face, and then I. Then the, the two segments later, again, they kind of disproved that because he's still affiliated with Men of the Year. Yes. I'm not sure. Like, I think it could also just be a ruse. But it didn't feel that because sometimes they you can kind of feel it, right, that he's not being super sincere. But I thought Sky sounded sincere here. Maybe he just did a good job of hiding it. But yeah, and I mean, there's further evidence that America's top team felt a little bit facey later on, right? But I don't know what's going on with this but i thought this was good because this is like a conversation real people might have which is always my preference in wrestling yeah it did seem on something but i'm also like with like M- mjf as a customer like i can't i'm not i'm not gonna trust it because yeah. like what if it's wrong and then like the and then he's willing cast like i guess it could or it could be like a temporary face thing just because like um because the thing with sammy because because i don't a lot think do I, we know why he's been getting a lot of heat? Like, I don't think they expected it, so I think that they're sort of scrambling to make it work, right? Because I don't know if they expected Sammy and Tay Conti to get... I honestly think... I certainly didn't. I honestly think it's coming from the whole, like, you proposed to one woman in the ring and made a big deal about it, and now you're, like, flaunting this relationship with Tay Conti, and I think that might be all it is. That... And then as soon as a few people start booing, it just becomes what you do, right? We boo right, like a few M- MSK. People. Yes, I was about right? to say. So, oh, we noticed on TV or whatever that there's people booing Sammy Guevara, so that's what we do. Yeah, I feel like it stems from that, but I feel like that was like a little longer ago. It was, and I think that... I um, guess like with it becoming more of a thing on TV, right? Because they're, they're trying to um, set up the whole... Um, them versus Van Zant right. and someone. I guess like with it becoming more of a thing on TV, I guess that kind of sheds more light on this scenario and that people like. It could be like people didn't like that before, but like it wasn't really like bothersome on TV. So you right. can kind of just like yes, leave that but because it, there it was, was spe- becoming more of a thing on TV, right? There was speculation that they were together and they were like tweeting, oh, you know, basically like don't believe everything you hear, blah blah blah, and then it's like boom, now you're right in our face. You are obviously together, right? right? So you were kind of. 
lying or trying to mislead us about not being together so i, I don't and i think I honestly talk about that more later also aew is going to lean into it right which i think is the right move because i think there's massive potential for these two as anyways we'll get to that i think I Guevara that is yet. like i think the way he is he's a natural heel way more interesting um, it's just too bad his yeah. offense isn't healy right because mm-hmm. it's hard to not like his offense but he is a better heel i don't know if conti is a heel but i could see it working so far it's working for me yeah yeah and then there's a quick thunder rosa package i didn't really catch much of it because it was just like one of those vague like i'm moving on to other things now like to double or nothing i thought she sounded good which makes me wonder why they hide her away like i didn't think she sounded bad yeah they kept doing that right like it was kind of odd she's one of those ones where she sounds better in record recorded segments like this rather than live promos um so I thought she sounded good, but you're right. We didn't get anything new out of this. Yeah, there's I mean? not much to note here. No. Next, we get the Guevara and Conti promo in the ring. Um, There's booze from the crowd. Guevara says he loves this and he feels on top of the world as TNT champion for the third time. Mm-hmm. And with Conti, to um, reiterate, I do believe there was a 10 reigns with the TNT title. So thus far. And he has 30% six of them. Six of them are... Cody or Sammy Guevara. Right. Because you had, it was Cody, Brody Lee, Cody, Darby Allen, Miro, Sammy, Cody, Sammy, Sky, Sammy. Yep. That's, that sounds right. That's ridiculous. Um, I, I feel like it's more annoying with Cody, but I also feel like like it's with Sammy. Like, I feel like his title runs didn't really hit. I mean, sure, this They didn't, different. and I think that's why I kept this losing. This one's different, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, why did they give it to Sky then? Because, again, you put the belt on him, and then he does nothing other than hold up signs during a commercial break, right? There was no character, no anything. It was yeah. just like, yep, he he has good matches, and he's the champ sort yeah. of thing. He says he loves her and loves every fan who cheers them as they boo. And he says the rest of them who turn their backs on them, they have one option, that's to be mad, <sighs> which I feel like is a catchphrase, which I don't really what care for. What was it, for. sorry? I coughed. To and... be mad. Right. Just the way they said it was like, be mad. I think, yeah, we're, we're, that's coming back around probably. Big mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sky comes out with Paige and Lambert. He says the feelings and screw them, it's screw Sammy, which it has changed indeed. Changed the narrative. Uh, Paige cuts off Guevara very angrily, shouting, saying there isn't a single person who came to see Sam and Guevara speak. And he was great. He says they are, aren't beating him up because tonight is about business. Uh, Lambert says Sammy can either give Sky a rematch or Menly you can come give him the pounding Conti dreams about. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty good one. Uh, Guevara agrees to a rematch, I think, which I think will be a ladder match because reasons. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and if they get the mixed tag match and Lambert agrees to the terms. Yeah, um, it feels like a double turn, right? Which is pretty rare in wrestling. And it's hard to believe that Lambert is coming across as a baby face. Um, so I thought Ethan Page sounded awesome. He was super fired up. And I honestly think Sammy and Tay Conti, sorry, Ty Conti, they could be an amazing heel combination. Just that youthful, we're all over social media. We're all about doing things for clout and shock value. Like they could really do a good job with that, I think. Um, and they're getting really good heat right now. I mean, a testament to that is the fact that Lambert is kind of the baby face here, which is insane to think about. That, especially like... He wasn't even, or I guess the only time like he got cheered was against Brandy Rhodes. Yes, which was hilarious. No one likes Brandy Rhodes. No. Um. So I don't care about the mixed tag team match at all. But for me, this is the most interesting Sammy Guevara has been in quite a while. So I think they just need to 
they've already decided they're going to lean into this sort of think accidental heel turn and why not run with it and see what happens yeah i don't think it needs to be a full double turn but i feel like it could just be a temporary thing because yes. they can't just drop the sky Guevara thing i guess right um this is fine Guevara was solid um i think he's good just not not like the best um the dynamic was weird here. Well, I won't deny Guevara works as a heel kind of odd when he's awesome in the air because they were odd being cheered here. But I thought I loved Paige, man. He was awesome he's, here. He's so good he's, on the mic. He's I love when he's just like really angry. And that's why you hear these things that WWE is targeting him. They want him because he has the size. He can work the style they want if he had to, and he can he's talk. So yeah, I really hope he doesn't get. They taken will make there him awful. They they, they will, will screw him. him. Of course, like, they will absolutely screw him. Yep. And like. And he's a good Canadian boy, and as a bonus, exactly. And yeah, I don't remember the last time a, a Canadian guy made it like, like what Edge because he's old. Like I don't know. I, they're gonna screw him. I hope he stays here because he's he's really good. I wish they could do the North because that would be that. Then you could like release Sky Babyface role again because he could do that. And then I w- I wish he could do the North. The North are sick. They are. Um. Next we get Britt Baker versus Danielle Camella. Uh, formerly known as NXT's Vanessa, Vanessa Bourne, Bourne long ago. And she's clearly just been training in the dojos of the world since she left there because, man, is she a ring technician now. Mm. That was me being sarcastic in case it didn't come <laughs> across. <laughs> yeah, all I can say is she looks didn't look much better than her NXT she, days. But, like, my note is, like, she does a decent job of being a heel, right? Like, her heel antics and stuff are fine, but then the bell rings. <laughs> kind of. One of those scenarios. Like, I wasn't impressed, obviously. Yeah, but anyways. Um, there's a butterfly suplex by Baker. Weak looking running kick by Camilla during the commercial break, which it was, is what you... And she does, like, she, like, poses and taunts and then runs into it. And, like, it didn't even look like it would, like dent a loaf of bread if it were if she were <laughs> holding it you know but anyways like when they're squishing the bread and superstore so that's what even, i was thinking wouldn't even squish it yes uh camilla chokes baker a bit with one of the yellow towels also baker had pittsburgh people with her uh, she didn't choke her it was over people. her mouth it was like oh. she was trying to suffocate her suffocate her and there. i thought oh uh, funny we just saw I, an ad for the benoit thing i thought camilla <laughs> ooh, dark <laughs> i thought camilla thought she was choking her with it but just ha- so then commentary were like she's trying to suffocate her or something like that but anyways <laughs> Suff- might have been a botch suffocation I don't know. match that's <laughs> that should be a match type yeah for sure or like uh oh it'd be even funnier ether on like, a pole ether on a pole <laughs> or a chloroform rag on a pole yes like from wrestlemania 9 yes with uh john gonzalez and, the, and then commentary have to, i could smell it from here they have to do that whole thing <laughs> Um, there's a curve song by Baker. She pulls out a yellow glove because Pittsburgh. Well, it had a Steelers logo on it too. I think it was like, it looked like a wide receivers glove, to be honest. Okay. Steelers glove because Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. And she had two Steelers with her, right? Um, yeah. Najee Harris. And I forget the other dude's name that handed her the glove. Jeff. Sure. <laughs> um, Baker wins with a lockjaw. Um, and so she says, finally, we have a w- woman in the ring with a mic knows how to use it in the past few weeks have made it clear it's a disaster without her referring to the women's division she goes through the tournament people rose soho and tony storm yeah tony storm sucks uh and says hater will make tony want to leave here too let's hope so uh she says cargill said pittsburgh is ugly and the only people here who want to see cargill the baddie she gave free tickets to she mentions Rev velvet and says she doesn't know which is worse kicking velvet her kicking velvet's ass or her being a baddie and then she signs off the DMD line. Did you think she sounded nervous here? No. 
I did. Her voice was like shaky and stuff. But anyways, um, match wise, the mask was nothing. And get ready for my weekly complaint, right? This was your women's match on a two yeah, hour show. Exactly. It got six minutes and a commercial break in the middle. So I'm tired of saying this every week, but it annoys me. It's like this little just picks at me every week that the women get one match. It's short and there's going to be a commercial break. And it's not even involving like someone we've literally never seen who's not good. So why? Anyways, I'm, I'm sure people that listen every week are tired of me ranting about that. So there it is. But yeah. No, I think it's fair. And I think like because um, next week we're again, I'll I will mention it. Actually, I'll mention it later. But like with the the deep sheet of street fight i think there's potential to do that but i'll i'll get to that because that is coming up so i'll i will talk about that after um but the match itself was like it was okay but again like this being your only women's match on the show just kind of doesn't doesn't really hit um camille didn't do much of no but she wasn't great uh like she didn't look much better than what if i remember from her nxt days like Baker was fine. Um, I I think it was solid, like finishing with the lockjaw and whatnot. Um, the the whole Steeler stuff. I don't really care for that, but like I think it's fine. Like it's she's in her hometown. I think it was cool oh, yeah. to to see her back again. Uh, her, her gear looked I awesome. Like, yeah, I, I like the gear. Like the one she's wearing, like the gold colors and whatnot. I think that's I think that's really nice. Um, I like the post match promo. Um, I'm hoping it's like a return of prominence of sorts for her because um, kind of quiet since the loss. Yep. I think makes sense, but um, it has been odd not having her around like in a prominent role um i thought it was interesting she went after uh cargill a mm-hmm. bit at the end um i'm thinking maybe she could go anti-hero kind of face and maybe she faces cargill i think it would be nice for baker to have a title again i think she'd be a worthy opponent for cargill um it would be kind of a step down yes but i also don't think they can just give her the main title back no and i also like do, do you see anyone else worthy stepping up to cargill so you i don't can, think no so. and you can let cargill get to like 50 you know if you want and yeah look really think, impressive and then she loses to baker which I think nobody baker would, would be and like you could do like a because i think she could still be doing like the wisecracking or whatever yeah. like you know like, i don't think she should go back to what she was before nope. she turned heel no but like i'm saying i'm thinking like an anti-hero kind of heel kind of um, like or, sorry, she presents face. herself in pittsburgh right because yes. she knows yeah. she's gonna yeah, get yeah, cheered, exactly so that, she like what they kind of what they kind of had here i think right. they could do that full time then they could have her with the tvs i think that would work unless like some other great option comes along but i really don't she rhymed off the bunch of women that are there and there's not a real option yeah, as like presented the, right now yeah that's the tournament feel and there's just not not much yet no i think the deeb should be elevated but anyway she's Eve can beat baker because baker goes face and she's coming up in the next segment too mm-hmm. right next we get deep cheetah package deep says cheetah isn't on our level she just says let's finish this deep says next week she ends this and and cheetah challenges you to a philly street fight and cheetah accepts yeah i like this both women were really intense and it were i think we're all ready for this feud to be finished and i guess this match will be the payoff right um and i a subtle thing, but I like the images. You had Serena Deeb swinging a sledgehammer, right, and hitting the tire. And then they quickly cut to her hitting Sheeta with a kendo stick. So I like the message that, like, Deeb is specifically training to be able to hit Sheeta with stuff extra hard. So I thought that was kind of a cool little touch, right? But, yeah, this feud has been going on forever with large kind of gaps in between. Because as we talked about, they don't really deal with the women on this show. But I'm still excited for this match. Not all of the not matches. Not the actual feud that matters. Not all of the matches have been good between these two or really good. But I still think this one could be awesome. So 
for I'm, sure. I'm excited for it. It was fine for a short segment. I thought Dee spoke well and she was fine. Well, I think it's a solid stipulation. I think it's cool. I feel like they should have gone like submission match or Iron Women match, something more fitting of their feud and their styles. You can go like, if you want to bring weapons involved, like go something kind of from left field, like submissions count anywhere or something like that. You but know I think I mean? this like, is escalated beyond in theory. I guess. Them, like it now just has to be a violent, brutal brawl. That's what I'm saying. That's like I feel like that to. kind of match would be like like the submissions like that incorporates Deeb's style and Kamashita, yeah. but then it also like would allow for wrong I don't know. I just wish it was something a little more tailored to the feud. Um but regardless it should be a good one. I assume it could be next week's main event. I hope so. And now I think of it, I could see it, like rather than the multi man tag, I think either multi man tag or FTR open the show. Um, I hope I'm like this is what I'm saying. I think with this being the main event, they could squeeze in a, another women's tourney qualifier. Oh, you dreamer! And then you have two. Like I don't like. I'll even take this as like a 15 to 20 minute main event for the women. That is at least a step in the right direction, right? Right. And it's That's, not after Britt like Baker. stuff like this. And then what did we get the other week? There was another tournament qualifier, and it just like it was like something like it was. I don't I don't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago, but Ishida and Julia Hart. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was kind of like this week. So, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I like this. Uh, that should be a good match next week. And now we go to tonight's main event. Which I was pretty excited for, not yep. going to lie. Um, Did it Andrade deliver? That's El the Idolo versus Darby Allen, who didn't wear good enough face paint in a coffin match. You were upset by that. Yeah, I did not really I, notice. I, wanted, I don't remember if he wore it in the actual match or just near the match, but they have like that coffin drop Darby Allen figure. Mm-hmm. And I really like the paint on that. I was hoping he would do like something with body paint here. Right. But he kind of wore a jacket the whole time or long sleeve. He did for the most it was part. Weird. Maybe because he was going to be taking tax spots, but he didn't really. He Somebody else ran down and took their shirt off just to take Jose. tax spots. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then also Darby, like he was like, I guess he was holding off the lid with the tax at one point. Yeah, he was. Um, Darby flips out of a German suplex while holding the skateboard and then attacks Andrade with it. I thought that was cool. That looked cool, yeah, right yeah. to start. Um, Private Party run interference. And right away, Darby man. To Too allow early. Andrade to take control. Yeah, like he, Darby hadn't even done that much. Nothing. Um, Sting appears in the crowd and attacks Blade and Pound Powerful because an, an old goth man can easily dispose of two young tag team stars and Blade. Despite me saying I'm devoid of nostalgia, Sting in a Sting match, in a Sting mask, is a classic wcw thing he's hidden he did that in tna he's hidden in sting masks before so i, I didn't mind that actually I, he did that in tna he's done it in wcw as well oh was his hours from i thought it was from tina that's the clip i've seen yeah there's a lot of crowd brawling not necessary balcony dive by sting after a whole group just forms on the ground for some reason i assume because there's like a flesh magnet um in between them for some reason <laughs> otherwise i'm not really sure why they formed there they're, right there has to be some sort of reason uh, not not because of a contrived dive by a sixty year old guy, but mm. got to find a way to get him to jump off stuff these days. Yep. Got to put all our energy into that. Yep. Um, back in the ring, uh, Darby throws a chair on Andrade as he's running for the corner meteor, and then I thought that's funny because he kind of hit off his knee, but Darby was or sorry, Andrade still had the momentum, so he's still like the chair hit off his knee, and he's still kind of hit into the corner, which I thought was kind of funny, and then like a high. A high take code red, like Andrade landed high on his he neck. Did. I thought it looked really nice. Though. It did. Um, Andrade catches a coffin drop on the outside and hits a German suplex. That looked that great. That was kind of cool. A bit yep. of a power move from Andrade. Um, Andrade walks up the ramp with Darby in a stalling suplex and then hits it towards the Very top of the ramp. Very cool as well. Cool. And he kind of suplexes Darby onto some steel grating to the side of the ramp, looked which I was all. I like the sound there. Um, Darby hits a suicide dive, knocking them both into the coffin, which was cool. 
Jose attacks Darby to prevent him closing the lid, gets backdropped on the underside of the lid. He comes which down has and rips his shirt off. And yeah. He's in great shape, it turns yeah. out. Right? I wonder if he's like an indie wrestler or something. But he just did it just so he could get thrown on the tax, basically. Yeah. Um, and Darby wins by closing the lid, because that's how you win. Um, yeah, so like, this was a tough one for me, right? Because it wasn't the match that I wanted. Um, just because the involvement of all the other people early and the crowd brawling to set up a sting like fall off of a balcony was just ate up too much time and that was driven home because when the match actually got into the ring and around really the ring it. it was really good but it was far too short i wanted to see these two guys fight not the other stuff circling around them that i don't really find interesting this is like a gimmick match and a darby allen signature match right so and it's supposedly this bitter feud. I think they should have like barred interference or something. It was too short and just underwhelming. The few minutes of action between Andrade and Allen was really, really good. It just wasn't enough for me. Like I, all of the other stuff, I just didn't want it. And I wanted those two guys to fight. And so we got a taste of it. But for a main event, um, it's not what I was looking for. So I put it as underwhelming, even though it's not the fault of a Allen or Andrade. What they did was great. It's just there was too much other stuff. Like, sure. crowd brawling is never my favorite. I don't need Sting involved Especially here. when I don't care about that faction at all, right? So, anyways, uh, yeah, underwhelming, but had some major, major potential that they fell short of, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I like this match. I think, like, I agree, it underwhelmed from what I remember from the first coffin match. Remember the yes, Ego's I Edge on the stairs? I like that one much better. Remember the Ego's yes. Edge on the stairs from, like, the turnbuckle? That was cool. Yep. Um, once it got going with them in the ring, though, I think it was great. The action there was great. Darby took some mean punishment, naturally. Um, but I think the crowd brawling and all the interference at the beginning was a waste of time, for sure. As great as the latter stages of this match were, I think it would have been far better if the crowd brawling was before the match, or better yet, non-existent. I think you could have barred interference here and put together a really nice match, because honestly, I'm amazed at how much they get me to care about a coffin match, because in WWE, I would hate a casket match, yes. which is almost the same but like this like when i remember when i remember they announced it last week i was like yes and i was like what i'm excited for a coffin match yeah but like because they actually did a good job with the first one and like they actually they did like i think it's cool darby has a they uh, he has a signature match to kind of capitalize on his popularity mm -hmm. i think it makes sense um i think it works and i like them i just think they that this should have been like less like i feel like even with um the first one like sting was already there right mm -hmm. and men of the year were like would have been interfering so i feel like they could have had interference there but i don't even remember there being a lot there so i don't know why not enough there that was annoyed so me, much here sure. right i don't think i think it was a detractor i think ideally this would have been like so much better but i think that it was still pretty good despite that and there was the spot i, I don't think, think we mentioned where andrade tried to get the lid off of the coffin for some reason and it felt like they just had to give up because he like i feel like they were they trying... said it was because of the thumbtacks on the other underside but i don't know how, how that did applies. that make sense i think I they were trying to get it off for some other spot and it didn't work out so i and they just kind of audibled i'm not sure but anyways yeah um sorry um thoughts on the show so it was a tough one for me this week because I, I like the opener i don't think it was like an all-time dynamite opener or anything uh i like the um combat club match why well, can't i remember the first name first blackpool there we go i like that match as well despite thinking the young guys got a bit too much the o'reilly jungle boy was probably my match of the night i think as it turned out and the main event for what the actual match was was good but it should have been a lot better um even wardlow butcher butcher kind of over delivered for me 
and the women's match was nothing, and the hook match was his standard stuff. So kind of a mixed bag, but I, I, as we kind of went through it, I realized I liked most of it, right? So I was kind of going to give a harsher grade than I think what I'm going to end at. Promo-wise, there was nothing amazing. I liked the Sheeta Deeb thing. Um, I thought Britt Baker's promo was off this week. Sammy Conti interaction, that was pretty good as well. So I don't know, the show wasn't bad, but I wasn't captivated either. So I think that puts it as good, but not great, which for me is going to be a nice solid B this week. Nice. You? Um, yeah, so I thought the matches were solid. I think I would have liked Rhodes, Punk more. It just, it overstays welcome, so I can't really enjoy it a ton. And it was just too slow for my life. And like, if you, it was just, if it held my attention more, I would have liked it more. Um, I'm just scrolling back. Uh, the trios match was fun, but should have been like more combat club. Uh, Butcher Wardlow was fine. I really like Kyle Riley Jungle Boy Me highlight. Too. Uh, Hook looked solid. The women's match was not much, and I liked the coffin match quite a bit. Just could have been much more. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as segments go, I liked the Undisputed Elite um promo. I think that was pretty good. Um, the announcement segment I like a lot. That is very exciting. Uh, Cargill was fine. Kingston was fine. MJF's promo was good. Uh, the Kaz one was fine. I think the Sammy Guevara stuff was good. Um, and this, I like the Deep Sheeta package quite a bit. I think it, I think it was average. So it kind of like, kind of goes up and down throughout. Yeah. Um, I think a B is pretty fair. Um, average show, but still pretty good. Yeah, like not again. Enjoyed watching it, but nothing really like. I always want to hit this review and be like, if you didn't see this, you need to go watch this, right? So there were none of those moments for me really on this show but a good show nonetheless from top to bottom enjoyed it all right so let's move into our little break from uh talking about specific shows and do a little bit of trivia in what we like to call off the top of his head so we are going back to wwe raw trivia part two it was hard last week are you ready Oh, yeah, right. Some some parts of it were... Like yeah. super easy, and then some were virtually impossible. Some of these I know you'll know, so let's get started. First one, which continuing from last week, is number 16. The King's Court was a special segment on Raw, hosted by whom? Jerry Lawler. That is correct. I knew you wouldn't even need the options on that one. True or false? Guaranteed you get this right. Raw had a special segment known as a WWE Diva Search. Mm, true. Correct. And it was fantastic stuff, let me tell you. Um, here's, a, here's one you may or may not. I actually know this one, so I'm hoping you don't, because rarely do I know one that you don't know. What was the name of the show hosted by Carlito on Raw? Oh. Come on. I do have the options, and I feel like you'll know it as soon as you hear it, but can you get I it without? I could know. have without it, uh, actually. Because uh, I thought Carlito was cool. Okay, you're going to have to give me. I should know. Carlito's Way, which is funny, because that's a movie name. Carlito's Cabal. Carlito's Cabana. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I knew you'd know it. Yes, it was Carlito's Cabana. He was good, man. Um, The Master Lock Challenge was a recurring segment between 2005 and 2007, hosted by which of these superstars? Oh, I don't know. Wow. Chris Not so hard this week. That is correct. The VIP Lounge was a segment hosted by which superstar? MVP. These are hard. He still does. I know. That has come back around. Um, which, sorry, what was the name of the show hosted by Shawn Michaels? Oh, I don't remember Heartbreak that. Hotel. One. Correct. Very good. I remember because um the one flashback Elite Wave, it was like a build a figure except it was like build a 
Heartbreak Hotel set. Do you know what that is an allusion to? No. Oh, wow. Elvis Presley. Your grandma nice. would be upset with you for not knowing Elvis. True or false? The Love Shack was a segment hosted by Dude Love between 1997 and 1998. What? The Dude, the Love Shack was a segment hosted by Dude Love between 97 and 98. True. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I don't Has there ever been a false one yet? I don't know. I, don't I feel like they so. have a bit of a tell on the true and falses. Which of these superstars hosted the segment known as the highlight reel? Could you Jericho? How could you know that? I guess uh, are these like are like are these like raw centric? Like yes, I guess like it's WWE Raw trivia. Yeah, but like, are they only on Raw? Like, I, feel I think like so. These are kind of things that could have been on SmackDown too. Well, I, I don't, guess I don't think they. Have I don't been, think but... they'd be in Raw trivia if they were no, not I'm Raw. I'm just saying like they don't. They're not like don't sound specific to raw which of the these superstars hosted the segment white boy challenge what you don't i oh, i have no idea i forgot but once i saw the name i knew okay. goldberg brock lesnar edge rodney mack rodney mack it was rodney mack he, they had like really high hopes for that guy and he just kind of did not do anything he wasn't in mean street posse was he i don't was that think so rodney? no 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 not that was that was um Pete, Pete Gass, Rodney, was Rodney Gass? I think maybe. No, it was Pete Gass, I think Rodney and someone else. Yeah. Um, the Kiss Cam segment on Raw was hosted by which WWE diva? Wow, this one I wouldn't know. I would have guessed from the names, Sorry. though. Names? Go again. Kiss Cam segment hosted by which diva? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Caitlin, Hawkins. Maria, Natalia, AJ Lee. Maria. Correct. I knew as soon as I saw it, too. Just felt like something I she I remember do. seeing that she kissed Snoop Dogg for some reason. Oh, nice. And I think Ric Flair. Sure. Who was the first no, ever general manager of Raw? Uh, first ever. Eric Bischoff. Correct. Very good. That one I wouldn't have got. I think before that, it was like commissioners and yeah. presidents and that junk. Which of these pairings served as the first ever commentators on Raw? Uh, okay. You want options? Well, it said which of these pairings, so yeah. Okay, well, unless you knew off the top of your I head. Uh, Vince yeah. McMahon and Johnny Polo. What? Gorilla Monsoon. Johnny Polo, like Raven? Yeah. What? That's Gorilla, so weird. Gorilla, well, then eliminate that option. Gorilla Monsoon and Shawn Michaels. Randy Savage and Vince McMahon. Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole. Savage and Vince. Yeah, remember they thought it's Savage to, like, be done wrestling and just do commentary, and he was like, eh-eh. Right. Um, which, what, which AM Raw, sh what is that, does that even make sense? Which AM Raw was a show that aired on which days of the week? Saturday. WWE, sorry, oh, WWE AM Raw. Is that, I don't even remember that existing. I only know that exists because of the encyclopedia. I've seen that, it does exist. So when did you say it was? Saturdays. Saturday night and Sunday morning is the answer. I uh. hate that question in general. <laughs> Second last one. Which of these superstars defeated Hall of Famer, I'm adding that myself, Coco Beware, to win the first ever match on Raw? You want uh, options? Uh, yeah. Mr. Fuji, Yokozuna, Rikishi, Shawn Michaels. Yokozuna. Correct. Coco Rikishi. Beware. I did not know he was on the first Raw. I don't think Rikishi As a was. little kid, I loved Coco Beware. His, man, the Ghostbuster, which was his brainbuster finisher, to this day is amazing. Uh, final one. Which of these superstars won against Max Moon to become the first ever superstar to retain a title 
on the first episode of Raw. Shawn Michaels. So he retained which title as well then? title. Correct. The Doi. <laughs> I didn't know that. That I think that era, Michaels is Intercontinental. Yes, he was a great Intercontinental Champion. Well, good job. You did much better on, I think, this week's version of Raw Trivia than last week. We'll move on to something else next week. But right now, we're going to move back to talking about some AEW wrestling, this time taking a look at last night's Rampage. So, full disclosure, we missed the first, what, two minutes, three minutes of Rampage, and apparently that was, um, it went right into Cole and Ishii, which was the match we really wanted to see, but we were firing up our streaming service, um, so it took a second, but anyways, we did see the vast majority of it. So, there was a few things here, Power Slam by Ishii, Saito Suplex by Ishii, uh, Ushiguroshi by Cole, Nice Backstabber by Cole. Delayed vertical suplex off the second rope by Ishii, which they called um, a superplex. I don't know if that counts off the second ropes. A we were trying to decide <laughs> what the term should be. Uh, Ishii then ducks the boom at one point, hits a sliding lariat, which is one of his signatures. You get the patella drop brain buster by Cole, only because you've told me that's what it is a thousand times, I finally remembered. <laughs> a nice insiguri by Ishii. Both men are down. And then the finish comes. Jay White's there, sort of causes a bit of a distraction. And we get Cole with the low blow, and he hits the boom. And Adam Cole picks up a quality, the boom. quality win over Ishii. Um, your thoughts on this match? Um, I don't know. I thought it was solid. I think I like Ishii at parts. I feel like sometimes it wasn't like much. But um, I like some of his moves, like the superflex. I like that he did more than like just battering him. Like, yes, this like is the Ishii I, I enjoy. A lot of choppy choppy. And I think we stuff. missed the choppy choppy at the beginning. There, When I look back right. at someone else's recap, there was some strikes at that point, I right. think. But I think I like he moved around more. I like this better than um when he was in that tag match with uh Me too. Because that friends. was almost felt like all chops. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think this is better. I think cool. Uh, the only thing was the last shot didn't look like it hit as well as he usually does. Right. I really enjoyed this match, actually. Easily my match of the night on this show. Um, I love Ishii, especially when he does limit the chops and, and forearms, and he does other things that he's capable of doing a lot of different things. So I, I, that's the version of Ishii. Of course, there's always going to be chops and forearms, but it doesn't have to be like 60% of the match with Ishii. Those are the matches I prefer. So I thought this was really good. I would love to see these guys get even more time than this. And with a little bit of a storyline built behind it, it could be awesome. Um, I don't, in general, love distraction finishes, but Cole is such a slimy heel that it doesn't bother me as much with him because it really fits Jay White's a cool boy. heel Adam Cole. And it kind of protects Ishii a little bit, I guess, in this case too, right? Because right. um, they still may want to treat him as a killer later on. So it took... Um, a low blow to beat him here so i really like this match actually mm-hmm. it was kind of a downward spiral on this show for me <laughs> not that that sorry that's a harsh it makes it sound like stuff was really bad but for me this Just it's progressively getting a little worse this is where the show peaked for me um do we then see jas are trying to enter the building but they're not allowed jericho you know going on about it's his show people are here to see him etc um he mocks how little the security guards get paid brags about how much money he makes and then uh, like more security or sort of move in a little bit um garcia kind of telling jericho not to worry saying he can handle eddie kingston on his own so jericho leaves after threatening to call hr um i don't know this didn't do, didn't do anything for me like my question is this sports entertainment 
entertainer behavior maybe i guess like again i don't i don't know Is this it? gimmick right like we're sports entertainers we're sports entertainers. are you like how are I you i needed different? the way garcia spoke at the end of like that he was just like he's like don't worry i'll be fine i'm a sports entertainer i know what to do like it just felt like really weird how are they different than the non-sports entertainers on this show is there some plot key, twist they're not some key difference that i'm not seeing because i'm not other than them telling us this all the time i'm not seeing evidence yeah maybe it's just me i, I don't know um so i'm not seeing much either again like i guess there was nothing wrong with this but there's other people i would prefer get this time because this group group seems to get a bit of time each week and it's not working for me so i would love to see them replaced with something else i don't know this whole Jericho reinventing himself I don't it doesn't always work I think this is the evidence of that for me right like it doesn't always Which, like work. he does get praise for always reinventing himself and I think he should because he's always trying it but like I think this is living proof that it doesn't it's not always because I feel like everyone would reminisce with it as being like oh like he's always like reinventing into something great but I think this is living proof that it's not always and they started out like with okay I'm gonna give them okay. like new names comical new names so that is sports entertainment ish right so i get that and i was kind of like okay i'll give them a chance but since then i don't feel like this group is more well, i think quote, you made a good point like what is the difference right what's the difference right now i don't know what other it than is. that they say it's sports entertainer right not. they're telling us not showing us and it's not working for me right which is always like the thing like you got to show us right um hook then talks to Mackenzie in theory quote unquote talks to her so Dan Housen is there, I think, eating more of the chips that I think he thinks give Hook his power or something. Um, Hook ends up pinning Dan Housen against the wall, and Hook speaks. He says that Dan Housen has gotten his attention. So I guess that was the big thing that Hook spoke. Basically, now we can confirm that Hook does, in fact, speak English. Right. So I thought he might. And it took weeks and weeks and weeks of Dan Housen showing up and trying to curse this guy and just being annoying for Hook to speak. And he said, like, what, one line, basically? So yeah, it's fine. It's for it's nudging this feud along. Um, again, a good choice for somebody a little bit higher up the card for Hook to destroy, and Danhausen doesn't need to worry about taking losses at this point. Right. I don't think. Um, Lance Archer took on Serpentico. It was like thirty something seconds, right? Um, a release suplex that actually looked cool. It just sort of like skidded Serpentico across the ring, blackout, and it's over. And then Archer hits, I think, commentary. We're calling it a chokeslam symphony, right? To sort of mimic Wardlow's powerbomb symphony. So he hits a bunch of two or three, whatever it was, chokeslams to Serpentico after the match. So, I mean, I don't imagine you have many thoughts on this. It was like he beat him up mostly before the match. He did. He went for the dive and then it was just like a blackout done. And, yeah, I, I mean... It's clear they're just heating Archer up. Again, they're doing what we always say about Archer, right? They spend one week heating him up to be like, oh, yeah, he's a big, powerful dude so that he can be fed to somebody, which is going to be right. Wardlow next week. So, um, But again, it's a, it's a compliment to Wardlow, right? This is all an investment in building a star in Wardlow, and they're using Archer to sort of get that done for them. So that's fine. Um, we get a Tony Nese, Mark Sterling segment. Um, Sterling's talking about Nice being the hottest free agent, a premier athlete, all of the usual stuff. And Nice sort of finishes by saying he'll knock people's lights out. And we picked up on this, right? He, I think it was Sterling mentioned that Nice is undefeated. And we were both like, what? He is definitely not. He lost a swerve. He lost I to Sam it. Guevara. Right. Like, so, that's that's two right there. I don't know where that came from. So Yeah, I, was... I, don't, I don't. And it's fine if it's part of some heel narrative, right, that they're going to go with, but... 
I don't see how that you... That is factually wrong. Like, it's not like they were um, dark matches, like actual dark matches. Well, and, or... and the thing for me is how fast we were able to disprove that. Is what? Like... Me remembering things. You, That's yes. bad, right? Like, That's instantly disproved why can't... that. Speaking of me remembering things, why can't I remember the name of the matches that... They... Oh, Lights Out matches? Yeah. It's not like those were the matches <laughs> oh, he had, definitely right? not. So... Yeah, yes. <laughs> it does not make sense. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't know where that sentiment came from. Me either. I like Sterling, actually. I think his no, delivery think is good. good. He does a good job. Like I said, I think him having kind of a branching thing, like his character makes sense to do that because of the whole kind of lawyer thing. I think yes. that makes sense to me. And Nice is not good at talking, so he needs a mouthpiece as well. So yeah, this and I'm makes saying sense. like not because he's bad at promos, but just like the sheer vo- sound of his voice. I, he sounded like someone. I was like, "Who is it?" And I was like, "Oh, he sounds like Roddy." He does not because he's bad at speaking, but just like well, his a little voice. bit, a little well, bit of both. Okay, yeah, but like <laughs> that, that's honest. not why he sounds like no. Roddy. Like, I think like he actually sounds like Roddy. And I was, you're right. He I does. Just thought it was interesting. I was like. I, I don't I couldn't put my finger on it for a second. I was like, oh, he sounds like Roddy. And I do really like Nice in ring. Like he can He's have some good, yeah. awesome matches, but uh, he definitely needs a mouthpiece. Yeah, he so got a run with the cruiserweight title, but it was kind of lackluster. It was. Um, we then get Eddie Kingston, Daniel Garcia, which I was quite looking forward to. We have Eddie with an aggressive start right away. He takes control. It ends up out on the floor. Garcia gets run into the steps, but then Kingston takes a bit of time in between, and he ends up getting pulled into the steps to sort of shift the momentum. A little bit later, each man is biting the other one's face and head at some point, right? Uh, then lots of strikes and brawling, which was not what I came here to see. But anyways, Garcia's focusing on Kingston's ribs for a good chunk of it. We get a German suplex by Garcia, a boot, back elbow, and a knee drop to the back of Garcia's neck. That sort of ends. Garcia had quite a run in control, and that kind of slows it down there. But um, he quickly rebounds, gets a Boston Crab, transitions to a sharpshooter, but Eddie eventually gets to the ropes to break that up. We get a nice exploder by Kingston for two, a Saito by Eddie, and then he hits his spinning back fist. What's it called? The Hurricane or whatever? Hurricane or something, yeah. Um, and he picks up the win. So, I don't know. My thoughts, I was, I think you can tell when we talked about it on Dynamite, I was underwhelmed by this, right? I wanted to see this match, and I, I, I guess the point was it's supposed to feel more like a fight than a wrestling match, but... but I don't even, I didn't really... I didn't really pick up that either. It didn't work on a couple levels because one, Daniel Garcia is a technician and why not let him be a technician? And two, he's a sports entertainer. Exactly. He's working a whole sports entertainer gimmick. So I don't know. It lacked the heat of most Eddie Kingston matches for me, right? And I think it is because I'm blaming um, the Jericho Appreciation Society. I just, the role they're playing, I don't see why Eddie Kingston cares so much about them, right? Um, because JAS are just, for me, largely inconsequential. So even Eddie Kingston, who can get me fired up and interested in almost anything, is struggling to get me interested in this. Like, I don't care to see him kill Jericho, and you raised a good point. They just faced each other, right? So um, I much preferred the opener to this. I had high expectations for this. It didn't deliver. I don't know how you felt. Yeah, it it just didn't really hold my interest, which I feel like, usually he can uh, i just wasn't like i just wasn't very interested in like it, it was like it wasn't much of a fight it wasn't much of a wrestling match to me i don't think like garcia like he's just not a sports entertainer and like sure they can do the whole thing like oh they're trying to make him do that sound like but they're not even like trying to make it like WWE right. where it's like you're forcing wrestlers to be sports entertainers it's just like he should have he, lots of taunts and work really safe offense and just 
have his like he could still be technical but he's got to sports entertain it up a bit and have like your five moves that you always do in certain sequence like stuff like that but but i mean if you do that that's not fun to watch either right so that's what we don't want so it's yeah there's not really like a win here they've painted them. themselves into this corner right either you lean into the sports entertainment which is not why people are watching aew or you just keep doing you, what you're doing you kind of half-ass the gimmick where you say you are but you're not right so they've kind of like backed themselves into a corner with it i think right so yeah i don't and there's a still a little bit of this for me. They tell me how amazing Garcia is in the ring, and I've really liked a couple of like his he's matches. He's good, but I don't. He's love still him. up and down for me, right? So I mean, I'm still waiting to see the the real breakout match with him. I've seen some that I did quite enjoy, but they spend a lot of time telling me how amazing this kid is. Right. I just want to see it myself. Yeah, for sure. Um. So Keith Lee and Swerve talk to Tony backstage briefly. Keith wants to annihilate Team Taz, basically. Swerve says that they may have lost the battle, but the war is far from over. Starks gets fired up. They may up. have lost the battle, but they will win the next battle. <laughs> and Starks is fired up on commentary because he does commentary for Rampage. Which I don't know why. Says he has a check with Swerve, on, Swerve and Lee's name on it and that he's ready to cash it, I guess. Um, I don't know. What would you think of this? I think I saw the promo from Lee and Swerve was solid and then at least they didn't get interrupted right yeah they actually got he, to right. talk is nice yeah and stark was all right i don't know why he's always on commentary like it I, well he, it's odd he's a good talker and i he don't is, know if they're but just I just think it's yeah. odd. um when it, my note was just that basically i like the fact that this is a one-hour show because i think it limits them having super lengthy promos and there's very few segments or promos that i think need to be longer than a few minutes in wrestling like there's very rarely a 10 to 15 minute in-ring like promo segment that I find useful other than maybe MJF. So I like the fact that they just kind of have to keep things short on Rampage, right? So I had mm -hmm. no problem with this. We then get um yet another hater Brit and Tony Storm little thing that they seem to be doing all the time. Storm starts out trying to insult Baker um, and she says she'll see hater soon and maybe Brit later if Brit actually makes it that far in this tournament. So I don't know. That was mm. whatever. Yeah, it's it, fine. It's what they've been doing. So yep. Um, we get an FTR back and forth about their upcoming match against each other. Basically, the bottom line: they both agree that they want to do this match. It's super important to them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I thought it was good, and I'm really looking forward to the match. There's nothing outstanding. Just saying, like, yes, we're both okay with this match. Where there is no sort of tension between us. Um, stuff we talked about earlier, right? So this was good, I thought. You? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, don't know, I thought it was all right, but yeah. nothing much. No, nothing. And again, it's all super fast because they only have an hour and they're trying to squeeze four matches in, right? They do like to do that now for some reason. They do. I think three is the right like, number. but Right, because one of them always ends up being a squash. Like, Absolutely. I think you did two in a squash. Right. Uh, Mark Henry is doing his weekly thing with, uh, he's got Jade Cargill and Marina time, Shafir. Exactly. Event. Jade kind of brushes off um, yeah, Mark she's Henry, on her phone this. acts like she doesn't even know who Marina Shafir is, which I kind of like. Uh, Sterling talks about being able to buy. So basically, that you, big deal, Marina Shafir, you say you have a black belt. He's like, I have one too. I bought it for 20 <laughs> bucks off the internet. Um, and he talks about already like planning for Jade's 30th win. So again, everybody is looking past Marina Shafir. And with good reason, apparently, we're going to find out. So... Uh, Marina, oh, that's not nice. I have Marina mumbles a few words. I don't even, I didn't even make a note of what <laughs> she said. Uh, and then Mark Henry says his catchphrase and we head to the ring. So it is play, AKA Marina Shafir taking on Jade Cargill for the TBS 
championship. I do like Marina Shafir's look and her nickname. The problem, it works for me. That's totally yeah. fine. Um, she comes across as a badass so far. Um, this match was really slow, right? Like there was a lot of uh, move, move, walk around to the next move, which maybe protects both of them because maybe they're not ready to work faster than that. But it doesn't make for the most entertaining match for me sometimes. Uh, early leg kicks by Shafir, and that's going to be one of the sort of themes here is a lot of her attacking the leg. But she gets caught and hit with the fallaway slam from Jade. We get a clothesline to the floor. The baddies are throwing popcorn on Shafir. And then they get some shots in on her as Sterling is distracting the ref on the other side. We get a back elbow and a back suplex by Cargill for two. Um, Jade poses a bit too long. And play, I even put play in my notes. <laughs> play <laughs> attacks idea. Jade's leg some more. We get a submission applied by play, but it's countered with a twisting power slam. Not quite the tour of the islands but a little bit more than a normal power slam at least um jade dominates through the picture in picture including a couple of suplexes on the commercial we're back to the leg by shafir leading to a knee bar the crowd i noticed at this point is pretty dead for this match and i don't Shocker. really blame them uh, we get a judo flip to sterling out on the floor by shafir the baddies another distraction that leads to a jade pump kick uh play gets choke slammed onto the timekeeper's table this looked like it might have hurt because she didn't get the middle of the table right she got like over top of the legs which i don't think there's the give there that you kind of count on the table and the table kind of like fell but like so it looked like it could have hurt actually for um sure. just a minor detail jade might want to next time hit, get her in the middle of the table but anyways uh jade tries to pin shafir by standing on her and doing the double bicep pose uh but shafir takes her leg again instead jane jade ends up kicking her away and hits the jaded and wins the match here um i can't say i love this i thought it was really slow for the most part i'm still interested in seeing more of shafir because she looks pretty cool um especially against a more experienced opponent right like jade's good for the amount she's wrestled but is she like a technician can she lead a match no um i don't think there were any like glaring mistakes here it just wasn't very exciting and i think the crowd seemed to agree with me like i guess you would call this solid but is it a main event title match that i really got excited for no um were there any major botches or mistakes no but it was just a very slow match what did you think um i thought it was okay i don't know i think play is just she's all right um it wasn't much i don't mind the interference of the baddies but it was just kind of slow and just uninteresting i didn't really I care agree. for it and like this is her 30th win like there wasn't much different no it really wasn't it got like a bit more time obviously and they're extending jade's match length i guess a bit which is fine and again there were no super major glaring errors which at the end of the day is what they want to see from jade right because she is brand new to this so she's doing a good job but is this like main event worthy probably not overall didn't really love this episode cole ishi opener i thought was excellent and then it was just kind of tapered off from there um kingston garcia under delivered jade shafir was just okay and then we got a Lance Archer squash match in less than a minute. So for me, I gave this episode of Rampage a C plus, which is pretty low because I normally quite enjoy it. Yeah, I thought the opener was pretty good. Um, I didn't care for the, I didn't love that Kingston match. It was all right. Squash match was squash match. Women's main event was just like that's your main event. That was not great for a main event. Um, it's like the show was backwards. They should yeah, have like the done this as the backwards. opener and gone to Cole Ishii as the main event. Yeah, um, it was okay, but I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, so I think a C plus is fair. Not the best rampage, especially after the 
past couple of weeks but we've worth, gotten some great stuff worth checking out kate cole ishii i thought at least if you're not if yeah. you haven't seen a lot of ishii he's he's awesome yeah um all right that wraps up our rampage and we're going to move next into talking about some other wrestling stuff in any other wrestling business All right, so all I have for you in any other wrestling business is my usual NXT 2.0. I didn't watch anything else. I mean, I I can tell you I watched Impact as much as I could say, which is I texted you while I was watching it. I watched Nunzio take on Matt Cardona, I think it was, right? And yeah, Nunzio... right, they're in like the Philly thing. Right, right. So it was an ECW thing. And Nunzio looked kind of old and skinny, but in ring-wise, he looked like he worked okay. And then... Morrissey came out and Cardona and Myers got the better of him and then Jordan Grace came out and made the save sort of thing and that's all I really watched on Impact but NXT I watched the whole thing because I like to punish myself I guess and actually because I made a note of it you watched most of the first hour of this watched quote-unquote you were in the room I did you were at the kitchen table while I was watching Oh. So I subjected you to some of this. I did. I forgot. So it starts out with a recap of last week's gauntlet match, uh, which was tag team gauntlet match, with, and also the storyline that was so great of Gacy having Rick Steiner's Hall of Fame ring, which apparently is more Important upsetting than, than his father being the actual abducted. But anyways. Right. Uh, so pretty deadly head to the ring right away. And then they split screen to Braun Breaker entering the building. Um, pretty deadly are being them obnoxious selves in a good way bragging about coming to the u.s and how easy it was to win the tag team championships in nxt the grizzled young veterans er, sorry can't call them that anymore this is where we remember we noticed right away because we're like even there because they 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 love to go like gyv right um so they it's now just gibson or sorry it was is Gibson's name's first or last, was it? Yeah. I think Gibson Drake is how it goes. So they interrupt anyways. And Gibson claims that the only reason Pretty Deadly were successful in NXT UK was because the Grizzled Young Veterans left. And the only reason that Pretty Deadly won the gauntlet last, last week was because the veterans weren't in it. Which I I like the, the, both of those lines, right? Like that is... Fair point. Right? I thought those were very good points and well said by Gibson here. Legato then come out. And they, uh, Lopez says that they want a tag title shot too. And then everybody starts to brawl, basically. <laughs> That's basically. all she said, which I thought was It was. Uh, Braun Breaker makes his way to the ring as they sort of are doing the segments overlapping again, which I actually don't mind. Um, it does make the show feel a bit frantic at times, but I like the idea of it. Also creates a bit of a flow, I guess. Like, And it makes it feel like everything is not quite so scripted, right? Where people are sort of overlapping. But uh, so Breaker calls out Gacy who shows up on the screens only and laughs for far too long, and then it just cuts to commentary standing by ringside. So there was no real follow-up to this. Braun calls out Gacy. Gacy laughs maniacally on screen. Move on. Um, so I liked Pretty Deadly and the veterans' interaction, especially Gibson's lines, as I mentioned there. And then things did get frantic. Gacy, and you noticed it too, right? He's become Bray Wyatt basically at this point. Right. Yeah. There, I don't think there's any denying that that this is they're going down the Bray Wyatt path, um, which I don't really like it. Um, but I will say that the NXT tag division is actually pretty interesting right now on NXT. It's one of the more interesting things. 
We then get Santos Escobar talking about Carmelo Hayes, says that Hayes has a lot of excuses and that Hayes has never been worthy of being champion, but Escobar is, and he will send Hayes to the back of the line. So a fine little promo from Escobar, Mm -hmm. nothing special. Hayes gets to react to this right away. He says he created that line, referring to the line that Escobar says he needs to go to the back of, and that he'll take care of Santos tonight, and then um, and then Grimes on his getting back the gold tour. So I thought they both did a good job here. I'm fine with this feud. I think Escobar as a baby face is kind of due. The crowd seems to want to cheer for him. I think um, that's kind of odd, but then again, I don't watch. Right. Uh, a simple feud over who's better and who should be the number one contender is simple and believable, right? So that's kind of the things I like and two things that WWE and NXT really struggle with is just keep it simple. I think I'm awesome. You think you're awesome. We both think we should be the number one contender, so we're going to fight. Like, that is simple storytelling 101, and it usually works for me. Um, we then get Tiffany Stratton versus Saray, and I, I remember before this started me telling you that I kind of like Tiffany Stratton and you looking at me like, pardon? <laughs> but for her experience level and what they've given her, honestly, she's good. Um, so did you notice there was no Saray transformation today? I did not. They've ditched. Oh, wait, no, I remember now. She yeah. just came to the ring in her, whatever it is, Goddess of the Sun or whatever. Is that her nickname? Warrior of the Sun. Warrior of the Sun. Something like that. Um, German suplex double stomp off the second rope and signature drop kick into the ropes by Saray. And then we get, long story short, twisting Vader bomb by Stratton for the win in four and a half minutes. Or as my notes say, four and a half minutes. Why didn't it pick that up as not a word? Interesting. Um... I thought this was actually totally fine considering Stratton's inexperience, right? She's clearly athletically gifted. She's making the most out of a character that I don't think has a lot of potential or a very long shelf life, this whole spoiled daddy's girl gimmick. Um, But I see more in her to compare her to other people on the roster than I do like Von Wagner and Zion Quinn, right? Like I think Stratton has more potential than them because she seems to be capable of doing a bit of character work, and those two are not. Like, they should not speak at this point, basically. But if Stratton continues to improve, I think uh, WWE could have something here. My fear is they move her up to main roster too quickly. She doesn't quite develop as much as she needs to, and then she just gets lost in the shuffle there, because that seems to be what happens regularly, right? Um, Downside, do you think this is a ringing endorsement of how they feel about Saray? Hmm. Right? Yeah, I mean, she started out good, and now it's just kind of like... I don't think this is good news for her, yeah. right? This feels like she's getting, like, the Kushida treatment. We thought we were bringing you over, and we're going to try and hype you up a little bit, and then we're not really that thrilled with you, and don't we're not big. So she now has lost twice to Stratton, right? I thought this was supposed to be... Because remember, Stratton attacked her before she could make her transformation and beat up um, Schoolgirl... Saray. Right. So this, you would think, would be because WWE loves the 50 50 booking, but no, she still loses in four minutes to Stratton. So um, interesting. Neither match, I don't think, went past five minutes. So not a ringing endorsement for Saray. Grizzled Young Veteran, still going to call him that, are walking backstage. Braun Breaker walks past them because he's looking for Joe Gacy. Uh, Braun, this is so stupid. Were you still around for this part? I don't know. Where Braun hears his dad's voice follows the oh, sound yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's coming from a tablet that is in the cage that his dad was locked in weeks ago so i thought that he was going to end up locked in the same cage but he didn't so anyways gacy's voice eventually comes on talks about family again and seeing if he can teach this old dog new tricks and did you notice that the, the tablet wasn't on 
No, I didn't. Because <laughs> Va- uh, Braun sort of turned it too far towards the camera at one point, and you could see it was like a dark screen. But anyways, Braun gets mad, smashes the tablet, and walks out. So this is going to be a recurring thing on this show, and I don't like it. It keeps Braun from talking too much, I guess, which is a positive. But just as I'm saying, I like the realistic, simple stories being told in the tag division in NXT right now and between Hayes and Escobar. This is the exact opposite of that and generally not what I enjoy in wrestling. You can't just keep abducting people with no consequences and taking over TV screens and Trons and things. Again, it's budget Bray Wyatt right now. And I was not a fan of Bray Wyatt main roster. Uh, in NXT, when he was doing the like Waylon Mercy sort of gimmick, I thought he was super cool. And when, he, when that started, right, the, the, the beginning of that was, good. was very cool. And then it basically, I think, got further and further away from Bray Wyatt's vision and got really stupid. But anyways, um, this mostly bores me. Maybe because they're really dragging this out, and we all know at the end of the day, there is no way Joe Gacy is winning this championship, right? So all of these mind games and all of this kidnapping and stuff he's doing is going to be for no reason at the end of the day. Um, and so seeing him get his comeuppance is not going to be interesting to me. Pretty Deadly are walking backstage, run into Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. Indy briefly, they actually, they both briefly flirt a little bit and try and set up a match. Um, Pretty Deadly are confused and think that they're suggesting a match against Indy and Persia, but of course it's the old switcheroo and they meant Loomis and Hudson, so Pretty Deadly are a little bit non-committal about this and they end up leaving. So I like Pretty Deadly, they um, have come a long way and a good heel team, so I hate to see them tangled up with this group who everything they do is just not interesting to me. Um... And again, we're back to India, Indy and Persia have just dropped all the issues that went on for weeks and are just fine with each other now, right? And so now apparently their boyfriends that hated each other are just magically a cohesive tag team now. So this is just what NXT does. They leave out so many details and so much storytelling. It just gets frustrating. They just jump from one character to another and turn from hating each other to liking each other. And they just leave out the middle parts of stories. You get right. like you get like the beginning and the end, and that's it. And nothing right. nothing in the middle. And it's really annoying. Uh, Grayson Waller tells us he was committed to his plan to fake his injury of the, his arm to win a championship, but it was Sanga's fault that blew it. So they've been what a team for two weeks, and now they're turning on each other as well. Andre Chase and Bodie, what's his name? Bodie Hayward. Hayward. Nice. Uh, they interrupt and mock Waller for making excuses. They argue, and Sanga shows up, and Waller runs away. But he runs right to the ring for the match, and it's Sanga versus Waller. Sanga throws Waller around a bit. Waller eventually runs Sanga into the ring post, which I thought Sanga did a poor job of selling in general. Uh, Waller hits his rolling cutter and wins this match in just over... Three minutes. <laughs> I thought it was a stunner. Uh, well, whatever, rolling, <laughs> stunner, cutter. Pretty much what you'd expect here. Nothing special from Sanga. Big man offense 101. And a three-minute match. At least Waller won. And basically clean, because I was a little nervous that he wouldn't. Cora Jade speaks awkwardly about her history as a kid with Natalia. Uh, Natty is wrong about Jade's future being bleak, and her only dream now is to kick Natty's legendary ass. Really short, at least, thankfully. I, I hated that. It just sounded unnatural. She sounds awful, right? 
Oh, it just and it's like even worse because she's like, trying to be like angry at her, but she's like, "Oh my god, you're such a legend! I respect you." And it's like it's just it doesn't work. And it's weird because I think she's talking about real stuff in terms of like meeting Natty and all this, but it she sounds so uncomfortable it sounds talking, so unauthentic. Her that delivery is. I if it bad. was actually falsified photos, I wouldn't be the slightest bit surprised. <laughs> um, then we get you saw this too, Roxanne. Um, her backstory. Which is basically she had a rough childhood and her escape was playing WWE video games and people told her that creating herself in the game would be the closest she would ever get to being in WWE. So she's proving all of those people wrong. So next week she's going to step out of the video game and into real life. And she's shown briefly speaking to Mackenzie before Toxic Attraction interrupt. They're rude to her, of course, and they want Roxanne to wrestle tonight. So we're moving up the debut Roxanne, Roxanne says she'll figure something out and she leaves. So the first thing I noticed is I thought this was an odd placement because don't you think the Roxanne story and the Jade story were kind of similar to have them like back to back? Yeah. Like as a young kid, as a wrestling fan, right? And then I did take this. two. Right. It's just right. like Roxy played video games instead of drawing in a notebook. Right. So it's kind of like give this some space between it or wait till next week. Um... To be fair, I really like Roxy. I don't think she sounded great here either, but at least I know she's better in the ring than Cora Jade, in my opinion, at least. Um, so I thought this was fine, but I think you disliked it too. They did this with Nikita Lyons, the dramatic reenactment, right? So as she's describing her childhood, they have some kid right. actor like playing. It just seems so cheesy to me. It's like... Um, like, just have her tell the it's, story. It's like a movie flashback. Or if you have actual pictures of her great but like right like they used actually they actually used roxy at the end yeah do that but don't i don't need the kid and they did that with nikita lyons when we were getting all of her backstory right. and i thought it was annoying then too uh then we get legato del fantasma this is where we noticed the name change because they're still calling them legato del fantasma on the graphic but then it said drake and gibson and it was drake first right so we're like oh they've dropped not only their team name but their first names too but then i check i'll i'm, I'm gonna check their website again i have to see check if it's again. updated so gibson and drake have lost their names i guess apparently we'll russian russian leg sweep kick to the head finisher by legato for the win in four minutes i didn't really pull any hi other highlights out of it escobar then speaks to hayes after the match says he will handle his business in their match which will be next now so see i'm at like the drs right now like i'm at like drew gulak drew mcintyre do drop do draco anthony still not there nice it's weird uh so actually for a He's four for a four minute match this was pretty fast paced we did have one top rope botched by wild i think he was going to the outside and um was kind of short on it but it was too short to be very impactful of a match. It looks like they're trying to heat up Legato, um, which is going to be tough, right? It's like kind of what I said about Ziggler. You've spent so much time showing me that this team are like a lower card team that look good but never win. So if you're now going to turn around and tell me they're like contenders for the tag titles, it's hard to sort of believe at this point. And I think the Grizzled Young Veterans are drastically underused in NXT. And I guess as I talked about in the news, it looks like it's part of some sort of story. Um, right. And it's not a surprise because they're veterans and NXT 2.0 has no place for veterans at this point. So you either are going to put over young people or you need to go somewhere else. So Wesley, all by himself now, since What's-His-Face has been fired, he's talking to Mackenzie. He says things have been chaotic and he feels lost. 
Zion Quinn interrupts. Oh, that was something I wanted to point out. The number of interruptions again <laughs> on this show. It was like constant interruptions. Uh, so Quinn interrupts and says that Lee didn't run it straight. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And then Wesley says, I don't know what that means. I was like, thank you, Wesley. Um, neither does anyone else. Quinn says he'll teach Lee a lesson. Lee says that he's at home in the ring and beating Quinn might bring him some peace. So I actually liked Wesley because it wasn't goofy like um, Matt Riddle pot smoking Wesley. He was a little more serious here and I kind of prefer it. And Zion Quinn still sounds awful and he said next to nothing here. He just sounds so wooden to me. But anyways. Wooden. We are shown that Henley Fallon attacked Electra Lopez. Fallon Henley. Oh, sorry. Oh, is that right? Yes. Whatever. She attacked Electra Lopez during the break. Sure, why not? And then we get Carmelo Hayes taking on Santos Escobar here. Um, Wade Barrett. So this is how you know the the face turn has happened because Wade Barrett now disagrees with everything Escobar does. Right. right? So like, that's that's how I know with like Corey Graves. Yes. I remember with Elias because he used to like right. always like, sing Elias' praise and then he's like he's like everything Elias does is stupid and then yes. he's like and then he's like flip flopping and it's like that's that's your tell. That's right? the final like, tell that he right. is in fact going face. We get a nice drop kick from Escobar. He's in control early. Trick grabs Escobar's ankle at one point, and that kind of shifts the momentum to Hayes' favor. favor sorry. We get an awkward double clothesline spot. Both men are down. Carmelo is selling his lower back. He struggles to apply a single leg, leg crab to Escobar. We get a very delayed vertical suplex by Escobar, and then his signature suicide dive to the outside. And then... Ugh, two men in suits and fedoras. Did you see this? I did, but... So they show up and take out Escobar with the crowbar as the ref is distracted for a very oh, long time. Oh, I get it here, now. Right? They throw Escobar back into the ring, and Hayes hits his top rope leg drop, which does look pretty good almost every time. And this match is over. Hayes and Trick speak after the match, and Grimes interrupts. And this is where I have my question. Is every speaking segment interrupted tonight, or is it just me? And I think pretty much the answer is yes here. Um, Grimes says that in two weeks at spring break, Hayes can have his match. Spring breaking. Solo Sokoa shows up in the ring, takes out Hayes, stares down Grimes, and says he's got next, even though he just had a match for the title and lost it. But right back in line, I guess. Um, I thought this was a good match, as expected, and the finish kind of killed it. There was a lull in the middle. There was a lengthy submission from Hayes, but otherwise this was pretty quick, solid back-and-forth TV match. Easily the match of the night up to this point. Cheesy finish, though. The result makes sense, I guess, because Hayes can go after the North American title again because um, he wasn't pinned to lose it, right, if I remember correctly? No one was pinned to lose it. Oh, right, it was a ladder. So, yeah, <laughs> he can claim he was never pinned. Um, and Escobar now gets to continue his sure program. Sure, he wasn't pinned to lose it. He continues his program with Tony D'Angelo. Yay, I guess. And at least D'Angelo, because what I was saying, right? I he, saw the post about the Mystery Attackers, and I was confused. But now that you mentioned the crowbar, I'm like, oh. Right, and, and the... I was complaining before because Tony D'Angelo's this Don and he's this mafia boss, which means you're this head of a large family of organized crime and he's never with anybody. So like you're the Don, but you're always alone other than bringing that guy who I didn't know who he was. Something, something. Yeah, that guy. Um, it wasn't AJ something. So yes. So at least he has people now, I guess. But and I actually thought Sokoa looked pretty cool coming in here and taking out um people and staring down grimes i thought that was kind of good um and i like that there's all kinds of people that want the north american title so honestly the tag team scene and the north american title scene i think are pretty good right now it's the women's title and the big belt that like what's going big on belt. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Braun, guess what? He's still looking for Joe Gacy, and we need more segments of this. So he comes out of an elevator backstage and sees a door, and he hears creepy sounds. So he heads towards the door. <gasps> Did you see this? Uh, this no, is like so. so main roster. So he opens the door to the room, and it turns out to be full of mirrors. How scary. So Gacy creepily appears in the mirror behind Braun, but is somehow gone when Braun turns around. Braun is furious and yells, Where are you? And we are now officially That's supernatural fun. adjacent, supernatural. right? Supernatural. Let's go. That's adjacent. your favorite. I'm not saying full magic yet, but we're getting there and I'm out already. Um, and I hope Bray Wyatt doesn't see this. Is this his intellectual property that is being sort of stolen here? Um, fairly blatantly at this point. We move to Diamond Mine. Bivens is on the phone apparently talking to Ivy Nile and telling her she's been sent to NXT UK to represent Diamond Mine as Roddy adds to dominate as he hits a heavy bag in the background. So this is like their way of being like, Ivy Nile's gone to NXT UK is half of a phone conversation with Bivens. Anyways, Roddy then tells Bivens that Strong is the leader of the Diamond Mine, Mine sorry, and he won't see another group crumble. Ooh, reference to Undisputed Ooh. Era there. He will make examples out of people if they don't agree with his vision for Diamond Mine. So, again, cheap way to explain Niall's absence, but whatever. And Roddy did his best here. It's like, oh, good try, bud. But he just can't do a good promo after all these years. Um, but on the plus side, this seems to mean we're going to get like a more intense, aggressive Roddy, which I am very fine with. Um, in general, having Bivens and Roddy in a segment together and having Roddy say more than Bivens is a bad idea going forward. NXT, because I know you're listening to this. Yeah. Natalia takes on Tatum Paxley. Oh, remember I told you about this. You were pretty excited. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. Natty is definitely the funniest part of this for me, is she's not getting the heel reaction they want her to. She's actually getting more cheers than boos. So either they're stopped piping in their sound, or they felt like they couldn't override the cheering. So it didn't sound like she was a heel here. So we get cat and mouse dislike Cora Jade. Yes, cat and mouse stuff leading to a discus clothesline on the floor and a snap suplex by Natalia also on the floor. Surfboard by Natty. Final flurry by Paxley, including a suplex and a flipping senton before a sharpshooter by Natty to pick up the win in about five minutes. So good for uh, Tatum Paxley. She got more than the three minute standard, right? So they must have big plans for her. She got five minutes. It's amazing. Um. Really felt like a training match to start, like that they had planned the first couple minutes entirely. Uh, Paxley showcased some athleticism here. She got in a few flurries. An enhancement match that was meant to further establish Natalia as a heel, but I don't think it really did. The crowd was definitely behind her. and she Which didn't... is weird, she's also a heel on the main roster, I and believe. She didn't really use any heel tactics here. I guess she only had five minutes, but the heel part was not strengthened, I didn't think, by this match. Uh, Tony D'Angelo cuts a promo in the parking lot. He claims Escobar's attackers were not affiliated with him, okay, even though they dressed the same and were using a crowbar. Uh, and he makes note of Legato's car parked nearby. So a mind-only note is mercifully very short. Nathan Fraser vignette might have been the same as last week, or very similar. He's coming to NXT 2.0 next week. Indy Hartwell's backstage with Loomis and Hudson wants to know Hudson's pants size so that he and Loomis can wear matching gear. She wants Hudson to wear blue jeans, I guess. Hudson tries to game plan a bit, but Indy keeps answering for Loomis despite Loomis's stoic expression. Indy accuses Duke of not communicating with Loomis. You're not communicating with the guy who's never spoken a word. 
This <laughs> is stupid. Hudson gets mad and leaves. This is awful. They need to end this alliance and let... I feel worse for Indy Hartwell. Let her do something else. She's been trapped in this, the way stuff and this stuff. I even think Persia Parada has potential, but this angle is just an anchor for them. Like, they need to get away from this and do something else. But anyways, Wesley takes on Zion Quinn. That match starts immediately after this. Lee dominates with his quickness and high-risk offense early on. Quinn takes over by dropping Lee on the apron. One final flurry for enhancement talent Wes Lee with a series of kicks before he slips coming off the ropes. Takes a forearm from Quinn. This definitely did not go the way that Wesley wanted it to. He kind of jumped off the ropes, but he slipped, so he landed short and then had to like walk into the forearm instead right. of, like I think, taking it out of midair sort right. of thing. Finishing leaping elbow by Quinn, and he wins in... Under three minutes. Well, if we got three and a half, you're oh. close. So, wow, long match there. Yikes, Wes Lee, right? This does not bode well for you. You get your first singles match since your partner left, and you lose to a rookie basic big man in three minutes. Uh, and Quinn looked the same as he always does, which is meh, to use a word. Natalia talks to Mackenzie about... I get exhausted just recapping NXT. Cause it's just I like, imagine. There's well, like nothing good coming up. Well, there's like a lot, but then there's also nothing. It's two hours of like mediocrity at best. It's right. A, it's a lot. Uh, Natty claims she was acting in self-defense last week. I don't even remember what she's referring to. Who cares? Because she randomly attacked Gorgade. Right. She basically says she's tired of putting younger talent over on the main roster. <gasps> so she came back here to strike first. Exposing right? the business. Exposing the business. Nikita Lyons shows up inter oh, yes. and interrupts. Of course she does, because we can't have a segment without an interruption. It's a dream segment for you. She, she's coming for Natty once Lyons is done with Lash. So from one dream match to the next for Nikita Lyons. <laughs> Natty says Lyons will know what to do when she's in the sharpshooter. And Lyons says not to worry because she's flexible. And the crowd went like, woohoo, like, oh, flexible. Sexual innuendo, awesome. On a show targeted heavily to kids. Right. Uh, actually, a fine interaction. Maybe the best Lions has sounded outside of her early, like, pre-produced recorded vignettes. So, fine. Whatever. Recap of Von Wagner throwing Jiro into the front row at the behest of Sophia, whatever her name is that I can never remember. Vaughn has been suspended again. Do you remember the last time he got suspended? Got, got like, bought out or whatever. In a week? Like, the next week he yeah. was back? Because this was the start of Stone Alliance, right? So right. It didn't matter last time, so what's the difference this time? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we get Roxy, Roxanne Perez. She has a last name now. Nice. Taken on JC Jane. Given and the, Roxy Perez. The crowd is chanting Roxy right away. And I think that's why Roxanne's a smart choice, because when they do get the inevitable Roxy chance, they can be like, that's short for Roxanne, right? Right, so. and I feel like it's like, it is a smart choice, because I feel like it's somewhat recognizable, like, yes. you know, Roxy to Roxanne, and then, but it's also something like, that's different enough, they can be like, that's our name. They'll trademark it, yes. Right. Because um, I feel like if they go Roxy Perez, like, for example, it's like, still Roxy, so It it's sounds like, exactly the same, right. right? So I feel like this is like, it's a smart name, it's like, it's not, like, bad either. Yep. Uh, chop exchange, trading near falls and roll ups to start. Roxy's on offense till a super kick from JC Jane. Wendy Chu shows up on the Tron and she has trashed the Toxic Lounge. So even the matches are getting interrupted on this week's show. So this distraction, guess what? It allows Roxy to hit the code red and pick up the win in just over two minutes. Roxy wins, I guess, but the, again, this was more about the angle than the match. Wendy Chu in her pajamas trashing the Toxic Lounge. This is all ridiculous. Legato are mad in the parking lot, but their SUV 
has been booted. Do you know what that means? When they no. put those big yellow metal oh, boots yeah, so you yeah. can't there drive away. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was someone episode. So they've been booted, and a dead fish is on the windshield, and Santo says it's obvious who did this because this is more cliched mobster crap. And I feel bad for Escobar having to react to all of this stuff. Gacy is watching Braun on a surveillance camera like Sliver, if any of you are old enough to remember that movie, um, and says that it's time he ends this. Cool. So we get the main event, which is Hudson and Loomis taking on Pretty Deadly, because of course a tag team that's just been made deserves a title shot when there's lots of teams more deserving. Well, I mean, they were supposed to be in the gauntlet, so... Right. Pretty Deadly isolate Loomis early, hit a splash leg drop combination, all four men are in the ring, Pretty Deadly slide out to the floor, put their arms around Hartwell and Parada, who are surprised at this happening, which I think is a callback to some Shawn Michaels thing from the past. Loomis gets in a flurry on Wilson before a delayed double suplex by Loomis and Hudson. Later, the heels double-team Loomis some more. Wilson hits a neckbreaker. Loomis finally slithers away to make the tag. Hudson dominates both pretty deadly for a little bit here. Loomis and Wilson end up on the floor. Hudson hits a power slam to Prince for a near fall. Hudson knocks Wilson off the apron, but unfortunately turns right around into a running boot from um, Elton Prince, and Pretty Deadly retain their championships after 12 minutes in the main event here. Kind of main event. Final match, I guess we can say, because we got to go back to our fourth or fifth installment of Gacy in a minute. Right. Uh, but anyways, this match... Oh, it's like the three-part segments, except... I think there's four going, on this one. We're going at least ballistic three. on it. Yep. Good, but not great. Solid main event. Hudson and Loomis have just kind of been thrown together. Uh, it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense because they they and their spouses, significant others, have not been getting along for weeks, but I guess we've just moved past that, of course. Not much story behind this match at all, which hurts it, of course. Everyone did a decent job, but it wasn't anything special, I did not think. Uh, so to end the show, Joe Gacy appears high up in the crowd, much like MJF did on Dynamite this week says that Breaker has been looking for him all night. Yes, we are aware. We have seen multiple segments to that effect, but thank you for clarifying. Braun comes out, beeline straight for Gacy. Gacy, this is so stupid. Gacy offers to return the ring under one condition. He gets a title match at spring break. Spring breakin'. Breaker agrees. That's okay. And Gacy puts the ring into Braun's pocket. Is it not actually spring breakin', is it? It is. It is. I thought it was I spring break too. I thought you were just too. being a smart aleck. But no, I thought it was spring break too, and then I saw it was, I saw it was spring break, and I'm like, oh, of course it is. Awesome. Uh, Gacy says that Braun needs to take a leap of faith, and he just pushes Braun off the platform out of sight. So one of those where you see the push, but you don't see the landing, right? Because he landed on some giant pillow or something, probably. But aren't there fans there? I guess it's taping. So. Yes. So Braun is writhing on the floor in pain, and then is descended upon by several people in dark robes to end the show as Gacy looks on smiling. So Undertaker now we're going we're going to steal we're, some We're going a bit Undertaker. We're just right. we're going we're going right. to pool it. It's like he's a super supernatural character like he's just pooling it from So they're ones. just for me they're taking all the supernatural and packing it together in one disgusting package. Um All right, so Braun chases Gacy around all night, finally gets him, gets in his face and does nothing. So Braun Breaker, who's this super fighting brawling dude, this man kidnapped his father, stole his dad's ring, and has been tormenting him. He gets within arm's length of him and doesn't lay a finger on him. Seems very out of character for Braun Breaker. Yeah, Makes like, absolutely no sense. 
I guess he has his ring back. And he just stood there, like, waiting to get pushed off of this thing, right? It was so obvious. Yeah. It's... Did he get pushed off the belt? Did the belt get destroyed? No. Damn it. So he gets. He just wanted the ring back that badly, right? He doesn't want to hit the guy who kidnapped and tied up his father. I thought Braun looked really stupid standing here, basically waiting to be pushed off this platform. And then the druids, or more of this supernatural adjacent stuff that I just can't stand. This is a really bad feud. Gacy, who I was interested in for a while, has taken a major step back, and they've just kind of gone with, we don't know where to go with this woke character we were experimenting with, so let's just go Bray Wyatt 2.0 with him. Right. They've sort of just bailed on anything original and creative and gone back to what they're comfortable with, which is this garbage. Um, Rough episode of... NXT this week the breaker Gacy stuff is just awful in my opinion and it was woven throughout this episode a giant miss for me um as is anything involving Indy Hartwell and her crew right now or Tony Angel D'Angelo again not the fault of the talent fault of the stuff they're being given to work with Escobar Hayes match was good but they went with a stupid ending for that the main event was solid but everything else was the usual three to five minute enhancement crap um so not a strong episode in ring at all. On the plus side, well, I am shocked. Right, right? on the plus side, I do think the tag division's interesting, right? Because you've got a few teams. You've got the Creeds doing the chase still for the titles. Um, you've got Pretty Deadly. You've got even if you want Briggs and Jensen as like sort of your brawler, okay tag team. Um, so you, and Legato can sort of flesh out that division too. So there's something going on there and the North American title scene is okay as well. But like I was saying, the women's title and the main title, um, they're not really doing anything or anything of interest at this point. So I thought this was worse than the past few weeks because it seemed like they'd settled into, I kind of like the opener and I like the main event, but that was not the case this week really for me. So I gave it a D plus, which if you're American by Canadian grades, that's about like I would say a five and three quarters out of ten if I were to rate it. So it passes, but barely. And that brings me to the end Ringing of endorsement. Right? Any other wrestling business? You, I don't think we have figuring it out this week. No. Nothing new released. Other than I'm just eyeing on uh, outrun collectibles. I found out that they are they are based out of Toronto. Awesome. Do they have a brick and mortar store or just online? I think like I'm saying like they have an address and it's in Toronto. So we may have to hit up at some time. Yeah, and I can I want to get that Darby Allen. So and yeah, I cool. the, the only cool. other thing from figuring it out is I was in a random Walmart near my sister's place and there was a decent amount of AEW figures. Yeah, there, we're right? trying to get um unmatched figures, which I like because we're getting unmatched series one, which is how I got my favorite Kenny. Right, that you're here. holding right now. Yeah, um, and so that's cool because I think there will be. Like we're obviously like we're always a bit behind because like I think they're on Unmatched Series three right now, which is the Dark Order set. Yep. But um, and I only have Unmatched two, Proud and Powerful, because of a Christmas order. But um, so those are starting to hit. I've seen like um, there was a I've bunch there. some of the LJ and Cody. Yeah. Um, there is also a Walmart exclusive variant of the LJ and Cody in a white and red instead of white and blue. But I haven't seen that yet. So we're starting to get more. Yeah. And, and there was a cool um, Escobar basic. There yeah. From that I liked. Halloween Havoc 2020 right. when he wore the Rey Mysterio tights and the Day of the Dead face paint. So that's our bit of figuring it out, I guess. I we guess. just wedged it on the wedged end. Wedged it in because there's not really a And real I won't one. put the, the kids cheering leading up to it. But, yeah. Um, so that's going to bring us to the end of episode 92, I guess. And I don't think there's anything in the horizon. There is an impact show, I think, tonight. But I can't imagine I'll watch it live 
or want to talk about it. So I Why think you watch it with your high school buddies. I'm sure they'd want to. They do not. I'm the only person I know that watches wrestling, and you're the only other one across from me. None of them would be interested, <laughs> I don't think. Although a couple of them might listen to the show just to support us. I know Stit does. I don't know if anybody else does, but um, oh, Paul does the odd time as well. He's right. supposed to be there tonight. But anyways, enough about my personal life. We will definitely be back here next Saturday for episode 93. We hope to see you back here. Bring some other people along with us. If you like the show, tell somebody, post a link to it somewhere. It would really help us out a lot. Um, but anyways, I think that's going to be it. So we'll see you back here next Saturday. And until then, take care. <laughs>